0: hello 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 welcome back to the random show pardon me for the lateness i had to get a little munch on it took a bit longer than expected I had to chow down some uh, some spring rolls but we're here we're here okay um but yeah big up everybody big up big up everybody here hopefully you're all locked in i'm gonna achieve, make sure everybody's popping in and stuff but big up everybody in the stream chat again apologies for the lateness you know how it is when spring rolls are, are available, you have to chow them down, you know? When spring rolls are available, you have to flip and wrap these little fat lips around them and shove them into the esophagus when spring rolls are around. My hands are kind of sticky and shit, but it is what it is, right? <laughs> we get to the show. <laughs> Didn't have time to wash my hands, but hey, we have to keep it moving. We have to keep it moving. Big up everybody in the stream chat. Locking, locking in. Lock in, in. I appreciate every one of you, it's all been good and stuff, hanging in there, thank you for waiting and being patient, I do appreciate that, but hey, DraftKings. <laughs> <Giraffe> <laughs> but it's just betting. Nah, I was betting, No, I apologise man, I should have come earlier, I just, you know, the food was there and I just couldn't say no and then I, you know, 10 minutes becomes 20 and then here I am, but anyway, what can we do? We're here, we're here now, we're here and we're, we're queer, it is what it is, we're rolling, we're keeping it going, yeah, so it is what it is um are you in korea yeah i am brother i'm actually half korean people don't know that about me Tuka, but i'm actually half korean it's definitely something that i just try and keep to myself i don't really like to speak about it too much but yeah i'm half korean brother half korean you know me so big up all my k-pop them out there you feel me hmm k's big up the k's Ooh, is that how you do it? Big up my K's. We all my K man them, right? <laughs> but yeah, big up everybody in the stream chat. I appreciate all of you. Um what we're we gonna say here? Uh I'm gonna do the show, right? But I'm probably not gonna watch the live stream of the UFC now unless you guys want me to later on. But I'm just going to run through the show, the stuff that you know, the topics I already got lined up and stuff. But if later on, if the fights are running and you want me to do it, then I'll do it. I'll do a little watch along stuff. But, you know, it still can be the best, to be honest. I don't really know what I'm doing, you know. I'm just watching it like a like a fan. I don't, I'm not balls deep into anything. I'm a, I'm a casual, so you're not going to get any good insights from me. I don't know what a fucking Oompa Loompa is. Was it Oma Palata? Oompa, Oompa What's that move called? Oma Palata? Is that it? Oompa Loompa? Oma Palata? You guys know the chat. I don't know what that shit is. I know what an arm bar is, right? Um, <laughs> I know what a rear naked choke is, right? I know that. Um, I know what a calf kick is. Um, head kick, obviously, right? I know what a jab looks like, a hook, an uppercut, but everything else, you know? What's that crush? It's an outdated move. It doesn't matter. Okay, cool, 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 cool. A hey, sumo platter. <laughs> <laughs> that, should actually, that should actually be a good move. Exactly. Gamebry said, then don't worry about it. Okay, exactly. See, Gamebry had heard my analysis already. He heard my analysis. The Oompa Loompa. <laughs> there goes Wonderboy Thompson going for the Oompa Loompa. <laughs> a, number, Wonderboy is out. And B, he doesn't do any jujitsu. You know what I mean? <laughs> Imagine me saying. Wonderboy Thompson again with the Oompa Lumpa. Straight from the top ropes. (laughs) But yeah, anyway, what can we do? Oh, good. Bruh. Honestly, you know what happens to me, right? Every time I drink like a sugary drink like this, it's just pure orange juice, like from a shop or something. It's nothing healthier at all. And it's so sugary, right? It's so fucking rich. Carrying on that meme. It reminds me of fucking Wings of Redemption. Wings of Redemption is known for being somebody that's addicted to Pepsi and Coca-Cola, right? He fucking drinks it every single day. And I remember when I was a kid, you know, at home, my parents would always buy us like big bottles of fizzy drink. That's what we used to always drink all the time, like lemonade, you know, orangeade or whatever. Then it came a point where we just stopped drinking it. i do not sure if it was our mum not buying it anymore or because we stopped drinking. I don't know who was responsible, but there was a time where we all of a sudden started drinking water. And I'm just thankful. Of that time, I'm really thankful that I had that period in my life where something happened, and I just stopped drinking fizzy drinks or just juice with sugar in it, and just started drinking water as like a as a as a drink to drink when I'm you know having dinner in the morning, whatever. It was like it was something that I kind of used to quench my flipping first and I'm thankful for it because it's clear from Wings of Redemption, as much as I can take the piss out of him for being a fat shit, it's clear that it's obviously an addiction. It's really difficult to kind of stop drinking that shit if you really like it because obviously sugar is really addictive. So I'm just thankful that I had a period in my life where I didn't, you know, I wasn't, because I, I can't imagine if I was doing that all the way through until my adult age, it'd be really impossible to kind of not want to pour for a Coke every time you're eating, every time you want to drink. Whereas now, the first thing I always run to is water, or jammies, which is a good thing. Like 90, I guess I'll say 80% of my hydration is usually to do with water. So. Every time I drink these these like sugary drinks, I think to myself, Wings of Redemption, how's he able to drink Pepsi every day? Like, just for me, the gas alone will make me explode, right? It'll, it'll fucking turn me into a fucking hot air balloon, the gas on its own. But I can't imagine how drinking it every single day can be that satisfying, to be honest. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing better than a fucking chilled can of Coke, right? A can of Coke or Coke in a bottle that's been chilled, you pop that bad boy open, you pour it into a glass or you drink it straight from the bottle or t- from the can, perfection but in my opinion it hits harder when you don't drink it a lot when it's like what you know here and there it hits the best the worst version of fizzy drinks is the shit you get from the fucking taps and bars that's the worst version in the world the worst version it's so horrendous as sometimes if i go to a bar and i want to get a mixer i usually try and get them to give me a fucking sh- you know a double shot of whiskey or something and i'll get the can myself or a bottle i don't want them pouring it from the tap because that tap fizzy drinks because i've never I've never actually, you know, even I've done some work in bars and stuff. I've never actually seen what the refill machine of, like, the taps and bars looks like. So, no, if I was a bartender and I saw that, it would probably make me sick. Because I, I don't know what it looks like. Like, what what does it look like when it comes in? Is it, like, in a bag? <laughs> is it in a box? Is it, like, in a drum? Like, what is it? It must be awful. That shit they put in the taps on fucking in bars. Because I think if I see what that looks like, it's probably going to be... It'll put me off for fucking life. So I'm actually happy that I usually, for the most part, if I'm going to have a drink, I'll usually kind of, you know, get the fucking, you know, the little can from the fridge and then pour it myself in a bar and stuff. Those tubes never get cleaned. Oh my God, don't say that, Natashki. Those tubes never get cleaned out. Can you imagine what that must taste like? What that must look like? Can you imagine the funk in that? Oh my God. Yeah, the rubber hose never gets cleaned. Oh my God oh my god honestly sometimes it's horrible working in these kind of industries behind the scenes you get to see the worst shit ever man it'll put you off very rarely do they get cleaned so they just so what they just leave the pipes and just so no one ever uses one of those little like um those things to fucking you know clean um that's very weird anyway those very um you know know, those little gadgets that you can use it's got a little brush that can clean a pipe no one ever uses that the tubes are super long so lots of room for growth yeah let's let's stop that subject man it's making me sick let's stop that i'm I'm all right let's let's switch our subject sorry so for opening the fucking show with that but let's switch that subject it's legitimately making me sick god almighty man can you imagine can you imagine can you imagine um i can't imagine man only if the bar pays for it regularly. Jesus, yes, yeah, so of course. So, So, I guess most bars don't pay for that shit. So, most bars are going to be stuff is going to be full of gunk. It just is what it is. You're really, I guess, in some respects, going to a bar. You really are playing with your life in it. <laughs> you're really, you're really taking a gamble that they do some some um, they do some level of fucking cleaning. But hey, what can you do? What can you do? What can you do? Can you do? Let's move on from that on. So, next step. Let's talk about this. So um, I just seen this recently on on the Reddits. And I have to be honest, it kind of broke my heart. I'm not going to lie. kind of broke my heart because basically, metaphorically wise, it seems like Smack from Back on Fig, um, community side of things, one of the hosts on there has literally and figuratively crashed out via this video clip that I've seen of him essentially being involved in a high-speed crash somewhere in South LA and it's disappointing because if you watch a lot of back on Fig you would have known that T-Rail had warned him previously that hey you're being a bit too reckless on that bike um, I think he doesn't even have a license if I'm not mistaken um, he clearly is somebody that enjoys a good party he drinks he smokes maybe some other stuff is involved there I can't speculate but clearly somebody that loves has have a good time And he's, you know, recently got himself a nice big bike that he's been driving around everywhere. And unfortunately, I guess because of what T-Roll's been saying on the pod and other people, it seems like he's been a bit reckless anyway, in general. And I guess this is clearly an example of his reckless behavior because he was involved in a high speed crash involving multiple vehicles. As you can see here from the video, this is what the site looked like when he crashed. And you can literally see him in the corner here next to the next to the van. Moaning and groaning as he's being kind of tended to by the medics and stuff. Let's play the clip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I see Smack there next to the van. There he is, there's Smack. There. If you know Smack and you watch back on Fig, you will know exactly what he looks like. That's definitely his face, and you can kind of hear him as well, moaning and groaning. And look at his bike; it's completely written off, completely written off. Looks, looks mangled and dangled, like the side of my rectangle. No, like, no, mangled, dangled, entangled on the sides, like a wear mic angle nowadays. Yeah, really big up, big up, big up. Yeah, look, there's Smack right there, looking absolutely bewildered, getting attended to by the medics. I'm just hoping this guy wasn't drunk or high because allegedly two people were injured and they went to, um, they're in like intensive care. So I'm I'm hoping that it's just like a, you know, a kind of standard crashes in a traffic incident or a lack of flipping, you know, whatever, looking down on your phone I hope it wasn't nothing to do with him being inebriated anyway because that is ridiculous and that is something that I don't stand for inside because I hate watching these stories of people and I think it happens often. I forgot someone told me in the chat why it happens but I hate these stories of people who are getting involved in, crime, in crashes and um, somebody being under the influence on in, you know drinking or smoking or taking drugs and they crash and then the, the other person they crash into always passes away. It's never the fucking aggressor so-and-so. It's always the other person. It's absolutely unfair that how that always happens. And it's always like some little child or a girl or a mom or a family. It's tragic. So I don't have any patience for people who decide to get behind the wheel or on their bike, drunk and high. There's no excuse nowadays. There's enough flipping apps for you to get your fucking self from a to b if you're a bit drunk and high wherever park your bike up somewhere you know have your fun and then get an uber or whatever else you can get to go home but don't be jumping on bikes and then putting other people's lives in danger because you know you don't have the fucking decency of getting into a cab because you're inebriated I think you can kind of go home fun i don't hate that yo look at that car look at that car that's a massive collision all the airbags have been in employed the whole this basically car is written off also Natasha is saying in the chat um, Texas passed a law that if a drunk driver kills the kids and the parents they have to pay his child support for that child moving forward yeah I agree with that I think that's a more than fair solution number one don't get behind the wheel in the first place make the punishments probably a little bit more severe than that I'm talking about jail time prison time like for real like I fucking detest that shit Um, but if you're going to find a middle ground, sorry, then maybe the middle ground is, you know, putting into, putting into law, something that protects the children so that if their parents do pass away or something happens in that respect, they're looked after. But still, you know, if you're behind the wheel and you're drunk and you're high and you get involved in a crash, again, you can take your, like I'm, I'm the kind of person, I'm not naive enough to say that people aren't out there drinking, drunk and high. They're out there doing it. Just make sure you don't crash. If you crash into somebody your life should be ruined, like legit. Especially if that person dies or is like, you know, injured in a way where their life changes completely, like they're in a wheelchair, paralyzed or something. Your life should be affected the same way because you took that gamble. It's a gamble you want to take. Maybe you only live ten minutes away. Whatever you want to do, but just make sure you don't crash into somebody. Because if you do crash into somebody, I want you thrown under jail. I want you thrown into prison. I don't care. Look at that car. And forget even the the injury to the people. Just imagine already day to day. Because I don't drive, but I have friends that do drive, and they always talk about how expensive it is to have a car, right? There's all these niggly costs You get a ticket. Your 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 tire gets flat. Someone steals your tire. You need to you know change the oil. There's something fucked up with the engine. Suspension is fucked. Alignment of the steering wheel. Like just there's always things that's probably cars, right? Somebody smashes the windows of your of your car to, to nick some to nick some change in your fucking glove compartment. Nonsense shit, right? That kind of adds to the daily cost, monthly cost of your car. Just imagine on top of that, already struggling, already like, you know, cost of living is kicking your ass. You're struggling to put gas in the car, but you need it to get to A to B. You need it to get to your fucking job. You need it to get to school. You need it to get around. And then suddenly, suddenly, something like this happens. Now you're driving Now you're carless for what? For how long? Come on! Especially if you use your car for gig economy stuff, you used to do Uber Eats and to do fucking, you know, Ubers and all this stuff. Like, ugh, I detest. I detest it. <coughs> see all the, all the medical people out here trying to help as much as they can. I think they're going to put smack on the stretcher, it looks like. So many people have to come out for it. Like, look at the amount of flipping resources that get used up for a crash, you know? Your fucking recklessness look how much look how many resources get used up look how many police officers don't don't get me wrong maybe it's LAPD incompetence who knows but look how many people out there there's fire brigade there's ambulances medics there's police officers there's probably going to be detectives later like how many how much resources have to get used to just look up to just fucking sort out your nonsense because you were reckless you didn't just you know you weren't grown up enough to be like you know what I had my fun I was drunk I was high let me go and jump into a fucking cab or something to get home. Jesus. Oh yeah, that's Smacks fucking uh, motorbike jacket too. You see, okay, I the think they're taking stuff. That's probably his Air Force Ones, and he's a motorbike or vest from his motorbike club that he's, in, that he's a part of. And I think they're trying to get him up now, yeah. That's definitely Smacks motorbike. Jesus Christ, he crashed into two So I guess maybe he hit one car and the other car Hit the other one There's like two cars here, completely written off I was saying here yeah, um hasib said the worst thing is paying for parking it's almost like 229 299 delivery charge i'll pay 10 pound for the same thing on prime delivery cost yeah exactly <laughs> police here? Look, one two three four five six seven police officers <laughs> <laughs> all because you wanted to be fucking reckless on the road man god maddie <laughs> Aryan privilege... Aryan privilege... You're oh a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Did a tall black man... Running... Pounding sidewalk, Breathing loud... Scare a white lady in front... Of, and cause a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> this chest. <chance. laughs> Can you imagine can you imagine me fucking scaring somebody like that into now god forbid man god forbid god forbid god forbid my fucking heavy breathing and running down the street would scare anybody to run into the road that would cause a fucking crush like that god forbid oh my god i'd be fucking mortified hey yo by the way what cars are these man they 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 look like, i don't know they don't look like they could take a good a good a good fucking hit do they Look at this car. It got hit in the side, but the whole entire tyre got absolutely ripped from its axle. What is this? Is this like a Jeep? or What is it? Is that a Jeep? Land Rover? Looks like a looks like a Range Rover, doesn't it? Looks like a Range Rover grille. The whole entire left wheel is completely smashed. Completely ripped off its axis, and it only got hit on the side. That is not a good sign that it's a. Is that a Ford? Wow. Really? Okay, maybe some people are saying it's a Ford. Okay, cool. Shit. No wonder I wasn't really. Yeah, as you can tell, everybody's yeah, so again, forcing feelings go out to the victims. I'm really hoping that nothing bad happened and it's just a minor crash, it doesn't look minor to me but if this guy was drunk and high then he deserves some he he deserves some proper consequences because that's completely unacceptable especially if people are flipping you know you know yeah i'm not i'm not for that um crash is saying i drove while on shrooms in high school and there were too many left or right choices so i just drove straight <laughs> mm. <laughs> i don't like this playing play again. Play honestly this play play is not good man i, I don't like this I, I, I don't like this play play. I don't think that's cool. Preston, I don't think that's cool. I don't think people driving in the is cool in the slightest. And I think if people, you know, become injured in these crashes and go to hospital and shit and, you know, they unfortunately have, you know, life alterating, life altering injuries or they die, you should be in prison immediately. Immediately. Like, I have no, no sympathy or patience for that stuff in the slightest. Like, go jump off the nearest cliff if that was me. But anyway, Next one on the list here. Moving on. Moving, moving on. We've got this one to talk about. Um, big up, Chappelle Lacey. Congratulations to Chappelle. I saw his post on Reddit earlier. So I thought I'd kind of feature it here on the pod regarding um, him being made a paid regular at Philippine, um the comedy store. I feel I'm saying it right, right? It's called paid regular, I'm pretty sure. That's the term of it, which basically means you get spots there all the time and you get paid, right? So essentially, he's got his name um, penciled in outside of the comedy store where they have all the people uh, who've been, you know, passed at the comedy store, names ingrained. This is pretty cool for him because you have to imagine with his association with Brendan Shaw and all those years of him being essentially the, I would say, Human Labrador of that office at the time right just laughing and giggling at absolutely everything for some reason it kind of made me furious maybe because he's black and I kind of felt like he was shucking it up to the white man who knows but maybe it's just his personality as well because you know some people are just genuinely quite giggly and find life to be quite humorous in any way shape or form so maybe that's just genuinely his own personality but the one thing I had to give guy credit for is that he did quickly see the you know he quickly was able to see it kind of sense what was going on and made moves he didn't wait around he didn't kind of wait for handouts he didn't hang on for the money and stuff he kind of quickly cut ties with brendan and moved on and hasn't looked back he's the one person again similar to theo who has never come back to do like a guest show hang out with them pop in check in nothing he's completely excommunicated himself from you know brendan and that crew and it's no surprise that he's become way more successful and he's clearly thriving doing his own thing without standing next to flipping you know brendan and brian and stuff and soaking in their toxicity don't get me wrong maybe in general him doing the whole show the tfax show with um what's his name uh, malik b and stuff during the pandemic was maybe a good move because there probably wasn't a lot going on and he doesn't strike me as the most technically computery savvy type of good dude um so maybe he just didn't know how to set up his own podcast do his own thing get his own channel popping so maybe getting on a tfak already established platform and using that to kind of signal boost and get yourself out there was a good move because if you remember early on when tfak happened when the whole brian Callan got cancelled happened for you know being accused of raping shit um, brendan went out and obviously was trying to have different guests on the show to fill in that seat then he stumbled across Chappelle and Malik and kind of made it T Kids or whatever it was, right? T K with the Z on the end. And the premise behind it was that it would be Brendan and those two guys, right? Chappelle and Malik. And if you remember the earlier reviews, if you go even some of the early videos you'll see of T K, when it was Malik and Chappelle, the comments were pretty favorable. Everyone was quite fond of the show. They actually liked the chemistry between them because for once you got to see two guys kind of take the piss out of Brendan. Like they were kind of having their own little inside joke, laughing at certain things. And Brennan was kind of on the outside. They kind of made him feel way more white than he probably does day to day. So that was quite fun. And it was quite cool to see because, you know, Brennan is not usually the most open to self-deprecation or being the fucking, you know, um, or being the fucking uh, or being the one that's, you know, it the, being the one what everyone's kind of laughing at. So it was kind of cool to see. And the dynamic kind of worked, but over time, you know, it kind of run its course, but then ended up getting annoyed at Malik. They probably had a falling out. Don't know what it was about, but something happened. And then eventually he got fired and only Chappelle was left around. But then he eventually ended up leaving too once Brian came in. But props to him for bouncing when he did, because judging by his Instagram, he's only gone up and up and up. He seems to be hanging around with all the... You know influential important people in the flipping hardcore scene in the live music scene in the skateboarding scene he seems to really have carved his kind of own lane in that regard those guys really kind of respect him which is great to see and obviously in the comedy world he's clearly getting to um do his own thing as well and kind of forge his own path and he's clearly a bit of a legit comic because even if you see these specials no he's little like you know bits that he put out in that i've seen a couple of them and he's pretty decent as a stand-up i'm not gonna lie obviously not all for me but you can clearly see he's got something. You can clearly see he works at his craft, clearly see he takes it seriously, and it's good to see him get past the comedy store and be rewarded for that hard work. And most importantly, for kind of going after it and not just kind of hitching his wagon to, you know, Thick Boy and Brendan Shaw and shit, because that was always only going to go one way. So big up special um, Chappelle for that. So let's um, read the caption. It says here, the caption, in 2013, I quit comedy due to a loss that messed me up pretty bad. I think that's the loss of his brother. I think he mentions it quite often. So RIP to his brother. He says, I would try to get on stage from time to time, but comedy couldn't help me climb out of that sadness. I eventually lost all desire to touch the stage after letting myself sit down and learn how to walk through life again. I found myself back on stage in 2016. I, the contest, sorry, the constant care I give to my soul has led me to doing some dope things. This being one of them. Love to the comedy store for welcoming into his home. So big up him. He's got his pointing at his name there outside the comedy store. Next slide features him going out on the comedy store and you can see him performing in front of a packed crowd. So big up Chappelle for finally making it in that regard. And obviously, you know credit to him as well for stepping away from t5k when he did and kind of realizing it was a sinking ship and it wasn't doing him any any favors kind of got the most out of it when he needed it and then kind of bounced where needed to be and again it was surprising for me because he came across like a bit of a dummy on the show i'm not gonna lie um maybe he kind of played up to it Uh, you know that's a smart thing to do i literally can't do that that's probably one of the things i've realized about myself and why i probably haven't been as successful in my kind of um little scene or niche when i was coming up in sneakers and street wear and design and fashion all that sort of stuff like that ability to like be like the human labrador around people and be the human laugh track for people and kind of make them feel comfortable and make them feel like they're the center of the universe and they're incredibly funny and important and that you you're just honored to be in their presence i could never do that i could never flip and do that so it's really important it's really cool to see that somebody when they can do it it works out in their favour because it's proof that there's a way to do it well and I feel like Chappelle did do it well um, don't get me wrong it kind of came across a bit weird in the beginning, It kind of looked at him a bit strange, you kind of felt like was, you know, maybe accusations of being a, what's that, What what's Flocker saying like a coon will maybe be there but all in all the long game was there in it so he, he got proved right in the end and it kind of worked out for him and you know since then he's only been going up and up so you can only kind of give this guy props for kind of figuring it out um i wonder if you're brendan if you look at him and be a little bit jealous i wonder because essentially brendan got a in got kind of an in to the comedy store via joe rogan and all those guys and he never got passed he was never really invited on there he was always kind of invited to perform at a comedy store because of his friends not because of his ability to be funny so i wonder if you're brendan would you have any malice in your heart any jealousy in your heart for chappelle being passed at the comedy store would you I'm not too sure but has he mentioned it that's the thing you have to think about has brendan mentioned the fact that his close friend chappelle got passed on the comedy store has he mentioned that probably not that'll be a good indication of you know the levels of appreciation and lack of jealousy that are there but i think it's pretty sick to see as like can uja saying it's like it's every single person has gone on to do bigger and better things after leaving thick boy and this is the name of the game and it probably is a weird kind of claim for fame for brendan i'm sure he probably sits there and thinks yeah i'm gonna take credit for it but i would also be a little bit concerned if everybody around me once they left 10x their career but mine seems to be stagnating Because maybe Brendan isn't, you know, there's this obsession, I think, with the Fire and the Kid subreddit guys, where they kind of are wishing and hoping it gets to a point where Brendan is working like a regular job or something. That's never going to happen. Let's just put that to bed never ever ever he's got rich parents and stuff or a rich dad essentially who's made millions in the software industry and shit and probably is invested in loads of things and having i think i heard a clip of him that was posted on the final the kid's subreddit actually of him on a podcast and he sounds incredibly intelligent like brendan's dad is like really smart really sharp so clearly i would assume someone like that you know did well with their money put it in certain places and shit and make sure you know all these kids are looked after so there's never going to be a chance where he's ever going to work a regular job so anyone who found a kid or fans that there thinking that not going to happen um so if that's the case i don't know why i brought that up i don't know why i brought that up <laughs> i don't know why i brought that up my brain's gone clear i'm doing a joe diaz i brought up something and i have no idea why i brought it up what i bring that up for uh, it doesn't matter anyway congratulations to Chappelle. i appreciate you well done you smashed it mate um God I want to do big and bright things and hopefully we'll see a special from this guy very soon and if there is a special I'll definitely will be reviewing it on here and give my analysis and stuff because it's nice to see a fellow brother out here doing some big things his way and whatnot. it's nice to see that it's nice to see that but moving on from that we're going to talk about should we talk about this you know. yeah that's this. right let's, 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 let's talk about this a little bit so this is a post from Nine months ago, that someone posted on Reddit that got me thinking, just in general, about some other things I've been thinking about um, when it comes to stand-up comedy and stand-up specials in general, and the lack of quality overall. And I guess it's kind of, has kind of, also come from me what listening to the Travis Scott album, um, watching the ASAP Rocky music video riot and then also watching Oppenheimer the other day. And the fact that most art, with the exception of Oppenheimer, is like really bad nowadays. It doesn't live up to expectations, it's All a bit mediocre, right? It's all a bit meh. And I was thinking, my kind of general hype, you know, quick hot take on it was that, the reason why art is bad is because most people don't really, aren't really, you know, what does say? Most people don't live interesting enough lives to inform their art in that respect. They're not really going out and kind of chasing experiences um going to different places um or just plain old getting inspired by different things they're not going to the theater they're not going to see plays they're not going to the opera they're not going to see ballet they're not going to see live music they're not going to see fucking djs play they're not doing anything they're not you know what i mean some of these comedians have, even have this thing where they say i don't watch specials it's like a point of pride. I don't watch specials, I don't want specials. And the whole premise behind I don't watch specials narrative or that rabbiting or that parroting they do, which Rogan also does, is that the, the idea behind it is that if you watch too many specials, it will somehow bleed into your own work and subconsciously you'll start telling jokes a certain way. So if you spend, you know, seven days watching Chris Rock material, suddenly you'll start pacing up and down the stage and shit, right? Um and like screaming your jokes and stuff which is understandable because you know those guys are the top of their craft but i also think there's a real benefit in actually watching people that are good at what they do or just anybody and seeing what that person's doing right or wrong or just getting inspired from the stuff that they're doing i generally do think most of these guys spend too much time like someone was saying on, on there, i think sean is saying here yeah. sean's saying too much time on social media now i think they spend too much time on social media They spend too much time on there, too much time on podcasts, not enough time actually doing and making the art. Like a lot of these guys and girls have like 70 million pods. They're on them all week. When's the time that they actually get to watch a movie? When's the time that they go to go to a comedy club and just watch comedy? Not even go to perform. Just sit at the back and watch it. When's that actually happen where they go pop in to see a live band playing in their local bar or just a cover act or something? Like, come on, man. All of that I feel like is really influencing the comedy. This is why it's all subjective. and Sorry, it's all subpar. I feel like the excuse that you have to be in the audience, because i said it before myself, I've said it. You have to be in the audience to, exp- to like it. You have to be drinking to make it funny. No, 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 no. That's not true. A good movie is a good movie wherever you're watching it on your laptop or in the cinema. Um, A good band is a good band whether you're listening to the album or seeing them live. Like, that's not an excuse. That's just a cop-out. I feel like a lot of these guys and girls aren't actually... Um, getting inspired they're clearly not doing the work outside of podding um i i, I have a theory that a lot of these guys and girls the, the place where they put in most of their creative juices or our hard work is actually just podcasts they spend way more time creating artwork and thumbnails and thinking of cool titles and cool edits and clips and they actually do of their actual jokes because you know maybe the podcasting is way more lucrative who knows but i honestly do think that if we want to see an increase in better comedy, we have to see an increase in people living actually interesting lives. And it made me think of um, this clip I saw earlier today. Actually, when I clip this up, I'll probably insert it. But there's a clip of Dave Chappelle um, with Robert Glasper. And I know they hang around each other anyway, because I think Robert Glasper does a few bits and bobs for Dave Chappelle when he's live. They have this like, kind of musical element to the show in the beginning and middle and stuff where they have DJs come out, people perform. It's really cool. But in general, there's this clip of Dave Chappelle at this random jazz festival with Robert Glasper on stage and they're just vibing to whoever's performing on stage. Dave Chappelle. And again, that, that makes complete sense to me. Whether or not you like Dave Chappelle's comedy or not, you can't say he's not constantly inspired. He's not constantly around. He's not constantly outside. You know what I mean? Around cool, interesting people doing cool, interesting things. That's obviously influencing his comedy. The rest of these guys, what are they actually doing? They're just in green rooms gossiping about each other right like complaining about who has a special who doesn't who gets paid what who's good who's a hack who's this they don't really spend time on their craft and actually being funny which is a shame because you can see it even on pods like the best pod, i think we can all agree on really there's adam friedman's show adam friedman's show show um i like beach bums and then there's matt and shane's secret podcast what do those things have in common even maybe choosing the stories maybe because it's kind of gone off the rails kind of fallen off but what those things have in common, even even Tim Dillon, I'd say, what those things have in common, the hosts are always trying to make each other laugh. When's the last time you've seen the majority of these pods where they're doing that? They're not really trying to make each other laugh. They're just kind of going through the motions. And I think a lot of it is bleeding into the comedy now, which is why this stuff is so bad. But anyway, this Reddit post someone mentioned from nine months ago says as follows. Most comedians aren't funny. They Nine months ago, it said, um, I have an opinion that most comedians aren't funny. Don't get me wrong, there are a couple of jokes there and there and there that are okay. But I honestly believe that most of the laughing happens due to the environment. When you buy tickets to a show, you're expecting to laugh. I think subconsciously your brain makes you laugh because the others do it because that's just the idea and the atmosphere. You listen, the comedian delivers their punchline and you laugh. I believe some environments are better than others, hence why some comedians are much funnier than others. But I just find it unusual because most of the times I've laughed, the hardest have been from videos I've watched along alone or with a friend i don't think this is true personally because i feel like if you've been if you've been to enough live music gigs or just don't even enough if you go to any live music gig you can go to see a band play like you can go see the red hell chili peppers play and you can stand there and think this is terrible your own objective point of view you could have that i don't think because you're in a live performance and you hear someone's playing on an instrument you're suddenly going to be like oh my god everything they're doing is amazing not really if anything live shows are the best testing ground for the artists themselves to really demonstrate how good they are what they do because you have this whole audience just waiting to get entertained they're kind of crossing their arms waiting for you to entertain them and if you can do it you've got the whole room fucking shaking if you can't it gets a bit shaky but i don't think you have to be in the audience or the crowd to enjoy live comedy i don't think that's true i think people are giving these comedians too much too many excuses too many cop-outs I think these guys are all, for the most part, terrible because they don't actually put enough time into their craft. They're not going out and getting inspired. They're not living interesting lives. Like, they spend more time talking about fucking, you know, drag queens in libraries and cancel culture and bud light and stuff like how like you know i mean these guys aren't sitting here pontificating about old specials and about bits and premises and whatnot they just sat there bickering about nonsense which is obviously feeding into the fucking comedy for the most part so that's my kind of adage on it in general that's my pov i'm not sure if you guys agree what do you guys think in the chat in this because i honestly think most of these guys aren't living interesting lives which is what's making the comedy not be funny Pods are an excuse for comedians to be lazy. You can't write the many jokes and most people aren't funny in real life. Exactly. Um, 730. Exactly, I agree with that, 730. That's a good point. Most people aren't funny in real life. Like, actually being funny in real life is actually harder than being funny on a fucking video. And you have to see those prank channels as a good example. Like, being funny in real life is actually hard. Like, those prank channel guys, you see them in real life, you aren't going to laugh. But because it comes across on a video and it's edited well, it probably might get a little chuckle out of you. But actually being funny in person is not easy as people think it is. Rogan's still radar is always on. <laughs> Lowe's chunk. Arian Privy said, as if that's the bot. They're all like, oh, no, no. Gamebred says, none nah, nah. of. Gamebred footballer says, none nah, nah, are as funny as Paulie, Paul Chowdhury or Ricky Gervais. Yeah, true. Ricky Gervais is another good one. You get one. Just constantly wants to make people laugh. Marcus Funny. Yeah, I've I've heard good things about Marcus's new stand special. I've got to check it out. I've heard very good things about it. Mark Normans, especially, yeah, Zach, everyone's saying it's really good. But again, Mark, Mark's another one. Mark's another fucking um rare breed in that he's actually a comedian. Like I actually get the feeling he goes out and watches comedy, you know? He actually goes and watches other live stand up comedy. He has watched his ones in the past. He actually, you know, is sat there thinking about his fucking material. I know he does because I remember watching, listening to the pod the stories he's talking about having cue cards and stuff like he actually takes his fucking comedy seriously and it obviously shows with his output and shit and how funny he is in general. The funniest people aren't trying to be funny all the time they just are true Ntashki um, Uche said Mark is funny too I'm going to check out a special call I'll check out him and Samaril on the same level yep for sure I like Samaril too very good deadpan delivery I like that um, but yeah I'm going to check them out man because I don't know I feel like these people are giving these guys too many, too many blies Um, let's see here. Uh, Yeah, let's go. Let's do some. So, I gotta be honest, man. I'm absolutely sad. I'm absolutely sad and cut up. Sad and cut up for my girl Uche. Uche has been featured on the news, and I'm pretty sad. So, you know, let's put some candles in the chat for Uche, because unfortunately, she got she got herself into a bit of trouble. Uche got herself into a bit of trouble and, you know, we all kind of need to have her in our prayers right now because clearly, you know, things are going to bit awry and I'm just hoping that she gets over this because this is pretty disturbing to be honest, so let's just flip and see this, okay? This is pretty disturbing, but Uche got in some big trouble, so let's just, let's just see this, okay? Prayers for Uche in the chat,
1: praise. Carly Russell, I've got her mugshot, take a look, you're not going to believe this, it's a mugshot, she looks great. She looks rested, she looks happy. This is the woman who disappeared for 48 hours, came back home, said she had been abducted by a white guy with with orange hair. She had reported a toddler walking down the street, and then she disappeared. Uh, Her family was devastated. Her boyfriend was devastated. Um, But the good news is, the good news is she wasn't abducted and she was safe. The bad news is she reported an abduction. So as a result, there are now going to be some charges. Um, Let's... Pray your hands in the chat for our girl Uche. Pray your hands in the chat. Pray
0: your hands in the chat.
1: Listen uh, to police. Good afternoon. Earlier today, Hoover police detectives (laughs) obtained warrants for the arrest of Carly Russell through the Hoover municipal court for her actions related to faking her kidnapping and subsequently making false statements to detectives as they investigated this case. Her decisions that night created panic and alarm for the citizens of our city and even across the nation. As the concern grew that a kidnapper was on the loose using a small child as bait. Numerous law enforcement agencies, (laughs) both local and federal, began working tirelessly not only to bring Carly home to her family, but located kidnapper that we know now never existed. Many private citizens volunteered their time and energy into looking for a potential kidnapping victim that we know now was never in any danger. As we know, Actions can have consequences, and that's why we're here today. This afternoon, Carly Russell, with the assistance of her attorney, turned herself into the Hoover City Jail, where she was arrested for the charges: false reporting to law enforcement authorities (Class A misdemeanor, $1,000 bond), falsely reporting an incident (a Class A misdemeanor with a $1,000 bond). Each of these charges carry up to a year in jail. A potential fine of $6,000 upon conviction. As, as I said initially, uh, our focus was bringing Carly home and she got home. And then our focus has been to uh, find out if there was a kidnapping. We find out if there's not. Uh, we, we work every case like all, all other law enforcement does. I've never seen anybody interested in the color of your skin in investigating a criminal case. And I expect
2: regardless of your gender, your race, when that report is filed, that Alabama law enforcement's gonna do its job.
0: Okay, so <laughs> pray your hands for I'll get in chat, right? But I'm going to – I want to I wanna just say this, right? Like, this legitimately might be one of the – this is when I knew she was in trouble, right? Uh, No, Kylie, Kylie, it. This is when I knew she was in trouble. When I saw this mugshot, right, I knew this girl was in big, 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 big trouble because no sane person, no sane counsel will advise you – to ever take a mugshot like this this is legitimately some of the most deranged stuff i've seen in my entire life like her hair looks laid she's got a little cute smile on she's legitimately in this picture living something that i would say is close to her best life it's absolutely insane considering the level of flipping charges that are been levied against her but a part of me also says i kind of feel bad for the girl because i'm still of the belief that maybe there is maybe there is like a inc- a dabble of mental health issues going on in there that led her to this point maybe it's just you know viral virus but i am belie- my gut feeling is that there's something kind of wrong with her a little bit right um that kind of led her to this position and i just kind of get the feeling that they're really going hard and kind of throwing a book at her <laughs> because she's not a little white blonde girl maybe but on the other side of things, this is also quite clear um, in terms of evidence. An example, sorry. This is, what ha- this is probably what would have happened to Juicy Smollett if he wasn't fucking um, a celebrity or famous or rich and connected. Because, of you know, his family are, I think, tied in with the politicians. Where is it? Chicago, wherever he was from. So Juicy Smollett wasn't fucking rich and famous and connected this is exactly what would have happened to him as well and because she doesn't have the resources the money or whatever the connections to get out this way juicy did she's probably going to be facing some actual time now she will spend some actual time in prison like legit it's looking like it she might have a fucking felony on her i think they said right she's gonna have a felony on her fucking you know on the record that's gonna be absolutely crazy um it goes to show you like how far how far how far you can actually get and how you can actually live your life if you weren't flipping, you know, um, if you weren't from what you call it, if you don't, you don't come from money. So I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm kind of just sad for her, to be honest. Um, the story because I feel like nobody got hurt, you know, nobody got physically hurt and stuff. If that's the case, I know she wastes a lot of police time. I know everyone was looking for her. Like she just be like, look, let's just. You know, don't do this again. Here's your fine, wherever it may be, and keep it moving. Maybe you go and do counselling. Maybe you do some community service. But I don't like this kind of throwing the book at her because I've got, I got a feeling that there's other things going on there that kind of led this girl to do this whole random thing. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, seven days exactly. So it's so wrong. Why do you, I don't know why you do that? I don't, I don't. have an explanation. I just feel. I just feel bad for her. I can't help not feel bad for her. I see her little face and stuff smiling in the mugshot, and I just see the pain behind those eyes. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I see the fucking storm behind those eyes and shit. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, what could have possessed this girl to make up this fucking convoluted story? There is a narrative going around. I see on fucking black Twitter. That people are saying, where they're saying that the police only cared about Carly Russell because she mentioned that baby that she saw walking on a, on the highway or something. That's what that's what people on Black Twitter are saying. They only really gave a shit about her disappearance because she mentioned that she saw a white baby <laughs> walking down the street. So they were actually looking for the white baby, not looking for her. <laughs> or they're looking for her to find a white baby um which i don't really buy but anyway th- th- that's black twitter for you isn't it they are always trying to spin stuff that way but fuck man carly man why do you do this girl why do you do this like ugh. they're really throwing the book at her man i don't i don't want her to get in i don't want her to spend any time behind behind bars i'm sorry no one got her i know people wasted people's time the whole narrative that she's going to it's going to distract from women that actually get kids no it's not now, if you actually are in danger, people are going to always try and help you anyway. Even if you're lying, everyone's always going to give you the benefit of the doubt. So let's just stop with the fucking histrionics and grabbing of the fucking pearls. Right. Um, It is what it is. Did I say that right? Grab pearl clutching. Was, yeah, that's a Brendan Shorting. I said grabbing of the pearls. Stop with the pearl clutching <laughs> and then um, everything will be fine. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, she just got okay. It's just a misdemeanor. Okay, cool. Okay, she just got miss Okay, if she just got misdemeanor, then I apologize. I take it all back. But I had a feeling from the press conference that she's gonna get thrown. They're gonna throw the book at her in terms of charges if it's just a misdemeanor then i got it all completely wrong and she's fine so whatever but if she got charged free my girl carly i'll personally make some airbrush t-shirts i'll personally set up a gofundme and then i'll siphon all the money to my own account and then when people try and ask me questions i'll then gaslight them and say you're only asking me questions because i'm black and then i'll turn that money into a non-profit that'll be advocating for the safety of black people so that no one could come after me after that right (laughs) that's what i'm gonna do (laughs) i'm gonna use this tragedy of my own people for my own monetary gain like everybody else does out there hashtag blm if you know you know okay if you know you know (laughs) if you know you know (laughs) that's what i'm gonna do I'm gonna siphon off that money. You're gonna see. You're gonna see YouTube documentaries about me in the th- in the thumbnail, like the like the content created that ruined reputation. You see me, right? Like siphon off the money, <laughs> charity for Carly, Carly Russell is all going into my account. That'll be awesome. <laughs> get me some virality. You know what I mean, get those views up. Yeah, let's go, baby. <laughs> go fund me scams. Oh, <laughs> it's like it would actually work. <laughs> oh, anyways let's move on let's move on oh oh actually what do you guys think of that um <laughs> copyzilla into the chat yeah copyzilla yeah. comes after me I get you know I, I hit copyzilla with a restraining order you know what I mean like that would be sick man you know I mean restraining order copyzilla like hey back and forth and stuff right that would be sick bro people start leaving me hate comments and shit you black piece of shit go back to your country <laughs> You should, left your, you should have left you on. should have left you on the boats. Honestly, anyway, 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 anyway. Let's breathe. Let's breathe. So, moving on from that, all I want to talk about here. Um. Oh yes, it' cool. So, this is courtesy of Yanis Papas and Paul Verzi. It's called from the We, M- we Might Be Drunk um, podcast. And it features these comedians, Jens Pappas, Paul Verzi, Sam Murillo, Mark Normand, essentially talking about cancel culture and talking about Shane Gillis, you know, standard comic, standard, like, you know, comedic podcast, you know, topics. So, right, like, They've got about five or ten that they run through. And one of them that they all love is fucking council culture. So they're talking about cancel culture and guess whose name pops up? Yeah, that's it. Pedoman himself, Chris D'Elia. And they're talking about him and essentially they're saying, oh, this guy's still selling loads of tickets, even though he's been accused of all this stuff. And he's got this crazy documentaries out about him. He's still loves, still selling loads of tickets. And you can see the, the kind of amazement and wonder and almost glee in their eyes when they hear that he's been selling tickets and selling out venues and theaters and stuff. It's, pretty startling to see to be honest but anyway let's play the clip itself this is it episode number 133 i'm gonna let it play a bit so you can get some context around what they're saying and then you hear them mention crystalline and i'll give my side of the story on the other
3: end at least yeah. Yeah, That should
2: be That should please. be a sentence Like you got off And the judge should be like You can't you ever can't be rude To it, a sir. waitress <laughs> A waiter uh, Well Gillis admittedly said He's like After I got nicer I got way nicer After yeah. I got canceled Yeah So that's kind of nice He got also a lot more famous As well So that helped <laughs> But you know what Shane got famous Because he He didn't get bitter I mean, that was one of the beautiful things about Shane, I think, is that, like, he could have, that could have happened to him and he could have become a huge dick, but I think what happened was he was like, I'm just going to go all in on on my stuff. Yep. And And being funny. And being funny. And he was he was like nice in his comedy i thought i think he got, it was like, there was like he a got humble like in like in a way yeah i talked to him about it and he's was, i was like dude look what you did you are out there doing your thing now and you're not and he goes oh thanks man it he, was about being silly and funny and, and he didn't and get crazy there was no. no there was no malice and bitterness because and you think get guys that go far the other way yeah, and all exactly. of a sudden they're fucking doing podcasts i remember i woods. talked to him after it happened. i said i really hope you don't ever <laughs> go that way and he goes i won't i said good yeah. Yeah. he's too smart yeah, but yeah, I, he's I, I, funny. Fun. He's talented, so. And funny guy. Yeah. Some guys, some some guys, you know, they just go, oh, fuck you, you did this to me? Well, now I'm going to go in the woods and do a podcast by a fucking bonfire. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah. they start, and they go, re- they put their chips in the other way. Real.
0: <laughs> I love how they're all afraid to mention, So I interrupted there. You see how they're all afraid to mention Owen Benjamin's name? <laughs> if there's two names, comedians, stand-up comedians on podcasts, or how do you call them? Comedy, podcasts, whatever. Comedians hate to mention. Mike Redbar and Owen Benjamin. They're super afraid of saying those two names. They don't want to say them because they know if they mention those two guys' names, they're going to be talking about them for fucking years. They're going to rip them apart. They're going to push. They're not going to even push the line. They're going to fucking throw the line out of the window, right? They're going to go fucking crazy. So they're super scared, super worried to mention Owen Benjamin and Redbar's name. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs>
2: Big. Yeah, right. I got bad news for you. There's already a podcast called The Bonfire, so you're in big <laughs> trouble. Uh, but, but here's the thing. It, you can't ignore the fact that those things do backfire and make people more famous. What? Canceling? Yeah, I mean, it does put your name... It depends on the If scenario. you're huge, it takes you down, but if you're a little unknown... Yeah, yeah but it I think your actions you after... It's, I think your actions after are a big part. It's over yes. a, if it's over a joke, it could possibly inflate, you know, your ticket sales, but... If it's over something behavioral, you you're finished. Kind of finished. I mean, Cleo's D- got like two sold out shows at the Beacon. Who? Does he? Yes. Who After does. the let. La- Who does? Dalia. D'Elia. I mean, he's, oh, guys, really? he's still doing a solo Wait, did something. Whoa. Yeah. Really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Jeez. I mean, his fans don't care. Now, listen, and it sounds like. He sold he out did four that. shows at a middle school, too, which yeah, I thought was really... a little weird, but. He's what you call Black Friday shopper. He shows up a little too early to the store. <laughs> 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 You're like, hey, guy, it's not open yet. Interesting. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, so, but, you know, it's just still people. Well, the Bud Light lady, whatever, Dylan... So
0: for me i got the impression that they were just impressed that he's selling tickets still that's the weird thing about this whole shebang and if anything this is probably the biggest indication that you need or biggest sort of like example to show you that for the most part comedians in general don't really have a moral compass there is no such thing as like principles ethics morals um what's right and wrong like there is nothing of that it just is about ticket sales like they get to the point of where like you know if if it meant choosing between going on a gig that paid them a grand and going to see their mom that's on a you know on their deathbed they'd pick the grand over the mum any said any day of the week that's essentially how cutthroat they all kind of are and it kind of makes sense though because if you hear them all talk about them to each other they're all kind of really catty and stab each other behind their back and stuff and talk behind each other's backs and whatnot. So it makes sense why they like that because clearly from how they speak, selling tickets is pretty difficult. So when someone does sell tickets, regardless of the circumstances around it, it really impresses them because they know how hard it is to sell one ticket to some, you know, to a fan to come, you know, let sell tickets one thing, maybe having them come is another thing. All those things really are important. So for them, it's really impressive when people do sell tickets and it kind of blows their mind. But in this case, in particular, with the Chris Aaliyah thing, I don't think it's worth it at all to like, you know, hey, you got this notoriety from being known now essentially as an alleged diddler. You got these allegations on against you that essentially paint you out to be a pedo. Maybe not technically a pedo, but close enough that it would make the regular person really uncomfortable. I've kind of said this before on the pod, but a normal guy, if like you approach somebody in a aspect of maybe trying to hook up maybe trying to get into a relationship or even trying to get a move on somebody right and it doesn't go well a regular dude will feel horrified by it like if you go and go in for the kiss and that person pulls away you got to touch them and they kind of shiver and stuff it'd make you feel awful just that kind of um what's that thing called that kind of you know subtle kind of rejection it kind of makes you feel awful to the pit of your stomach so i can't imagine what it must be like to be a guy And have all these people in the world have all these documentaries out, have all these allegations about you, essentially causing all this pain and strife to all these young girls. To a point where they're all fucking calling you, you know, a manipulator, an abuser, a narcissist, a sociopath, a diddler, a pedo. Like that kind of thing for the regular person would crush you. Or if anything, if you really think it wasn't true, you would essentially try your best to clear your name that's what you do one of the two things either crush you and make you feel so guilty that it'll be hard to really kind of enjoy life because you're hung up on the idea that everyone thinks you're a monster or if it wasn't true you would fight tooth and nail to clear your name because your name is all you have you're kind of really you want to you want you want to be able to walk down a street with your head held up high for some reason these guys don't have that ability to kind of think that way they think all attention is good attention So for Chris Aaliyah to be accused of what he got accused of, have all these documentaries out there about him, have all these allegations out there about him, have all these people in the industry say they always knew but didn't say anything, all these kind of crazy shits, right? It's it's just good that he's got attention and he's got a committed fan base that wants to kind of see him perform and do his thing. That's kind of where their mind goes to it. Like, oh, we should live in a society where, you know, that is okay thing to do. Like you should be, like, not even a society, as a person you should be okay to, because I think, you know, maybe society shouldn't get involved in it. Because my whole idea, my kind of ideal peer view when it comes to flipping council culture is that I don't like institutionalized council culture. I don't like when corporations and networks and whatnot come in and try and stop your career. I think that's awful. But I think if individuals decide they don't want to fuck with you, that's their decision. But I don't like it when the systems all kind of, you know, um, agree with each other that you are out. Like they decide, okay, you you don't deserve a platform anymore. That's really fucking crazy. I don't think that's cool in any way, shape, or form. So if Chris Lee's fans don't mind seeing him, I don't really blame the fans. The fans want to see what they want to see. They want to forget what they want to forget about the allegations. Just concentrate on his comedy, cool. But I still think if you're a stand-up comedian, you shouldn't look at Chris Lee with any sort of level of admiration, really, or because you know he's still able to sell tickets apart from his allegations what do you want would you would you want your career to be completely halted for a year because all of these girls that are questionably underage questionably of age or underage have come out and said that you're a monster and you treat them horribly when you met them would you actually like that would you actually like your career to be put on pause for two years while everybody accuses you of being you know a fucking monster behind the scenes and shit is that really worth it so you can sell out tickets at the fucking beacon but essentially that's what they're saying yeah it is (laughs) these queens are saying tickets are way more important than your morality than your principles and then how you actually feel about yourself how your family sees you because that's another thing people don't talk about often like how your friends and family sees you i think chris even mentioned it one of the pods that people say stuff to him in the street chris said this before chris said before that people say stuff to him in the street they they say stuff like i'm sure he goes into some shorts. girls give him a dirty look so like imagine what that life is like but you sell tickets though so that's okay that makes it completely okay having that inner hell that you're going through day to day knowing this pain that you've caused people and shit that's completely okay but when you go out and fucking you know in the big wide world and everyone's looking at you like you're some pariah and also let's let's just put this other thing these guys are all sitting here wanking over the fact that oh no coming in their heads at the thought of selling at the beacon and thinking, oh, Chris did it and he still cancelled, right? But all these comedians, what's the one thing they talk about that they kinda love? What's the one thing they, they talk about they love? They love the hang. What they're doing right here, they love the hang. They love being in a green room, they love being in a car park, so he's comedy clubs and chewing the shit. Chris and Leah can't do that. Because all these guys, as much as they talk about cancel culture and being against cancel culture, if you actually was against cancel culture and was anti it, you would invite Chris onto your podcast. You would have him on then and shoot the shit but they want to keep their sponsors they want to keep their mo- their channels monetized all this stuff they want to keep but then they'll talk a big game about being anti this anti that no you're not really no you are not really because if you were, you would kind of show it with your fucking actions um lou Darva says watching no i'm um, not at the moment bro i'm just gonna run through the random shirt now i'm not really too um Leo, yeah i'm not really too what's that thing called Clued up on the boxing side of things so you won't get a very entertaining show from me i'm afraid i know i I know what to look at when i'm watching but i'm not going to provide anything interesting in terms of a stream so if you want better coverage of that i probably recommend watching somebody else that's able to give you a much better show you know i actually can recommend you to go watch lou go and watch the thick boy fight companion right the calabasas fight companion go watch that <laughs> if you want to see great coverage of boxing, go watch it. <laughs> go to the Big Boy Companion, and you'll see great coverage of that live stream. Um, anyway, <laughs> you see them it down really well on there. Anyway, um, all that to say, they they're amazed by his fucking ability to sell tickets, but they would never want to be seen on seen on camera with him, not even in private, right? They're not inviting him on his shows. They're not going on his pod. They're not inviting him on their pod. So really, this is all just waff. They just like the money and like the aspects of selling out venues. That's basically it. But again, if you needed any, Sorry. any example as to why you should only listen to comedy podcasts for the shits and giggles, and because you like the comedians' call, cool, but don't ever listen to these guys for life lessons, please, for love of God, like these guys are They're, they're fucking moral compass is just completely i don't know it's not it doesn't exist really to be honest it doesn't exist because some of these guys have daughters and shit hold on like don't you guys have a line like don't you guys have like a a thing that you just can't stand like one thing i don't know maybe it's like cheats maybe it's scammers maybe it's crooks maybe it's thieves. maybe it's pedos rapists there must be something that someone does you like you know what i'm done but these guys there's nothing there's literally nothing another person can do in their field that would ever make them say you know what nah that was fu-. like just, do you just know i mean like they just live in a weird parallel universe where as long as they sell tickets it's all that matters they're good guys that sell tickets yeah he's, all, he's selling tickets man killed a bunch of people but he's selling tickets <laughs> it's like what oh <laughs> uh, anyway what can he do what can you do so moving on from that we have this Courtesy of the Fire the Kids subreddit, right? Um, I'm still a bit... Hmm. I'm still a bit miffed by this because I guess... Yeah, I'm still a bit confused by this, personally. I'm really confused. Because I guess with Brendan, there was a time where he was meant to play in Albany. And for some reason, now it's, it's been cancelled. It, the gig was there, listed. But all of a sudden, now it's completely gone from the website. And I'm really confused because... I can't figure out why comedy clubs book the way they do. like, And I would like to really get to the bottom of the business behind comedy clubs because something something doesn't make sense here for me. It all just doesn't make any sense because he had a gig listed at these places and now all of a sudden they're all completely gone. So this is Coach Stefanik in separate. As you can see, Papa's officially cancelled. He's one night in Albany. And if I just, sorry, let me quickly remove the chat here. You'll see that, you know, he was listed on there prior, but now the entire weekend, he's not on there. So those are dates he was meant to be doing. Friday the 8th, um, right? Sorry, to Friday the 4th, sorry, of August. And now if you go back on there, his gigs on the 4th are gone, right? So they're completely gone. So I want to know, what is, the, what is the kind of business of stand-up comedy shows? Because I know for me in the DJ world, for the most part, a lot of people that get booked usually get booked based on their ability to sell tickets. Some of it might be because they're really good at what they do. They've got really good tunes out that people like. But usually it comes down to probably those, those two I mentioned and also your ability to move tickets. So even if you're not good technically on a night, you're kitted out of your mind, you're drunk at the, on the fucking decks, you're clanging all over the place. But you sold out the venue or you nearly sold it out or you sold a bunch of tickets. More likely than not, you get invited back because they know you can attract a crowd. That's what kind of promoters or venue owners look for. So I thought that was be the same thing in comedy world. Like your ability to sell tickets would really impact your ability to keep booking shows in places. Because they know if they put you down for a weekend, you can sell more than half. So why is it with Brendan? He consistently gets shows, but then consistently keeps cancelling, but then consistently gets shows. Like what's going on here? Is it true? What fucking what's his face? What unique is saying because unique unique's theory, which I I, I can't believe this. Is, I, I don't think this is true because Brendan's way too. He's been in the scene too long, you know. Like, but should, sorry. Unique's theory is that Brendan is booking these shows himself. That's what unique's theory. Unique thing Brendan's booking the, like he goes out and he hires these venues to do shows in to make himself look like a legit comic but they're not actually hiring him to play at their place. He's hiring the venue. And then if he doesn't sell, he doesn't sell, but he doesn't really, you know, he kind of is out pocket himself, but it doesn't hurt the venue. If he doesn't sell kind of thing, they just scrap the show and get somebody else in to make it worth their while. But I don't think that's true. So if, if I, if I don't think that's true and I kind of agree with my kind of point of view, like why is it comedy shows just keep booking him when he doesn't sell tickets? What we're saying here, um, he wants to look active oh you think that's it cloud kit that's that should be a good that's actually a good resolution he wants to look active and then he just cancels that'll be crazy innit he just does it so he can have that end of the show thing where he goes okay see me out here see me there so he books shows just so he can have something to talk about to plug at the end of the show fucking hell man the need to like honestly i'm so thankful i don't have that thing in me of always wanting to have an like always caring about how i'm perceived that kind of thing you know like wanting to make sure people know that i'm successful and stuff i'm glad i'm not that person because if i was what hell to be in well you're booking shows so you look busy but then you know full well you're going to cancel them (sighs) um which saying he books just in hopes that they'll sell when they don't he bows out yeah exactly exactly what cloud k2 said that's fucking sad man that is so sad imagine being that person instead of actually just focusing on your work focusing on your craft you're more worried about your how your your perception and you go out and book shows hoping you get they sell if they sell they do if they don't they don't you know what it kind of reminds me of um in retail there's a thing i forgot what the name of it that, that there's a term in retail uh imagine if maybe you guys know in the chat in retail if you've got like a brand if you've got a clothing brand and the store doesn't buy it from you there's an option where you can essentially have it hung up in the store and wherever they sell they sell but there's no incentive for the shop to put it in a good place you can just have it in the store it's a called something there's a term for it i forgot what it's called but if you've got your own brand but they don't buy it from you as a wholesaler but you go and say you you, go, you basically say hey i've got this t-shirt brand can you now i'm in your store they don't buy it off you but if they say they sell it if they don't, they don't kind of thing. But they don't have any incentive to... But anyway, it kind of feels a little bit like that. That's kind of what he's doing. I don't know what the term is in retail, but there's a term for it. On return, that's it. Thank you, 7 Fucking legend. On return. That's it. On return. That's a term in retail where essentially if you got your own brand and a brand doesn't pick it up but you want to get it in stores and you want to see in certain retail locations you can have them basically you know have on sale on return essentially so if they sell it they sell it if they don't they give it back to you but the problem for a brand owner is that the fucking um retailers in no incentive to push your product so they're not going to put it on the mannequin they're not going to put it on the rails as you come into the door or anything like that it's usually going to be back in the fucking you know in the back somewhere where no one kind of cares about it so all those things kind of um damaged in that regard so brendan's kind of doing the same thing with comedy it's sort of like a sale and return career essentially he's just booking the shows then if they sell they sell it's a beauty but if they don't he could just cancel and bow out and never explain himself because you know why would you explain yourself it's a strange way to go about your career honestly i don't really understand it man really don't get it we've got a few more here uh miss one's coach again says well papa won't have it to remember liberty township ohio's name or columbus for that matter um (laughs) cancelled again this is only funny because it's him because he's made such a big deal out of being or out of kind of acting like he's a big deal and laughing at others who don't sell tickets and then him himself can't sell tickets to save his life like it's pretty embarrassing how this happens the cancellation rate but i wonder if this is going to end up buying him in a bum sooner rather than later just keep booking these tickets and booking, sorry, booking these gigs, cancelling, booking, cancelling. I wonder if we'll eventually catch up with him or if this is something all comedians do. I have a fear it's probably the latter. I don't think Brendan is, ugh, wait to say. I don't think he's as malicious as people paying him out to be. I think some of it is just him copying whatever everyone else does. But because he's way more unlikable, it comes, it comes across worse. But I think probably, most likely, most comedians do this they do this fucking weird hustle where they want to just book a show and then cancel it if it doesn't sell um knowing full well it's not going to sell just so they can look busy which is fucking sad in my opinion it's the most pathetic sad thing i've ever seen in my entire life but again when it comes to this stuff i don't know what i'm talking about i'm just a small guy with a small channel talking out to us cloud k20 said book shows probably bolsters whatever advertising dollars he has left coming in for the pod keeping relevant yeah yeah true i i think that's true as well cloud 20, k20 i think there's there's such a dirty game in podcasting and content creation overall after what bgl said about how they do ads essentially bgl was like oh they basically have ads specced out for like three months in advance or something so essentially it kind of gives the onus of the podcast person to scam because if you get a podcast sponsorship marketing whatever deal for three months it's basically based on the three months ago you know numbers so if your views dip in between that it doesn't matter you still get the fucking money or however long the contract is and then you could also if you want to towards the end kind of you know pump out you know because i think some people on the fanatic reddit were seen we're seeing these patterns like whenever the contracts were running out suddenly brendan started buying views again on t5k or allegedly that was without was happening so maybe that's what it kind of does this kind of creates this weird environment this economy where everyone's kind of incentivized to kind of fake it to you make it a scam it's really bizarre so in one way you can't really blame people like brendan too much for doing what he's doing i think the system is set up the way like it is to kind of do that like you know like advertising maybe is based on the amount of traction you've got online the amount of shows you booked all this stuff is probably gets into it their decision making process which is fucking bizarre but hey what do i know what we say saying chat booking shows probably the ball um game bread footballer says for his birthday he should chip in and buy him a new personality (laughs) lols crash says do you think he ever performs at the comedy store again not even become a paid regular like do you think he ever gets on the bill nah who said it was it uche said it or somebody else i think it might have been uche who said it that the the person in charge now at the comedy store is like a woman and she's kind of progressive or something who said this to me or, or or maybe it was martha somebody said it to me that the person who's in charge of the comedy store is like a woman or somebody or somebody super progressive super left-leaning and they legitimately don't like Brian Callan and Chris Leah all those kind of guys. You know what I mean? So they came in with the exact fucking determination of getting those people out. I'm pretty sure someone said it because Joe Rogan took the former guy from the comedy store over to fucking um, his store, innit? um The Comedy Mothership. So I'm pretty sure the person in there now is, that's probably why they don't get invited back on there to do shows and stuff. So not happening with Brendan, no way, shape or form. Um, yeah, I think it was Marf. Yeah, it must have been. yeah, I think it was Marf who said it. So the person that is doing the shows booking there, the, the the new Adam Eager, for instance, at the Comedy Store, doesn't fuck with basically Joe Rogan's guys as much, which makes sense because if you go to a Comedy Store, last time I checked their Instagram, there was a bunch of people there who I don't recognize. So I think the Comedy Store people clearly wanted to kind of took the opportunity that Rogan was leaving to just refresh the whole store because it started to get a bit stale maybe during the pandemic people left and moved and stuff they just went to refresh it so to refresh it so so they did it and clearly you know Chappelle getting passed is a good example of the new direction they're kind of going in because i feel like if joe rogan was around and la still i don't think the Chappelles of this world would have got past. you know what i mean it still would have been the boys club that they had going on there um so this person clearly has a new direction so it's, it's good to see it's good to see to be fair i'm not going to lie um another person here so p o not bala says here if he's hiring venues and then cancelling he would still have to pay for the venue just seems like a lot of money doesn't have to be wasted but that's a thing bala that's a thing bala brendan's whole life is like that like this idea of just spending money like it never runs out like again i don't like to pocket watch i really don't but i for one just can't understand how he affords everything because he's outgoings like if you just think about it for just a second his brendan trubbs outgoings must be silly like his monthly bill must be crazy when you think about the rent for the new studio all the all the stuff that to do with that the bills associated with that the however much he pays for his mansion the cars his leases the kids go to private school he's got a stay-at-home wife mum like you know and she's got very expensive taste She doesn't like wearing coach bags, right? She's into fucking Birkins and Tom Ford and Gucci, Hermes Sandals and shit. And then his own expensive taste and stuff. That's a lot of outgoings a month. Like, Can you just imagine what that outgoing bill is a month? So if that is what it is, just imagine all the stuff he has going on. Does it really sound like he can cover everything with the stuff he has going on? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's enough sponsorships and views coming in. I don't really know, but that's a hell of a lot of money, bro. A hell of a lot of money. Like, That goes out every single month. So, I don't know. Exactly, she doesn't drink water, Coelho. Exactly, she doesn't drink water. Like, this lady is like on another planet. Like, doesn't drink water, is dripped head-to-toe in Balenciaga and Gucci and Tom Ford, stay-at-home mom, doesn't have a job. So, it's literally only one salary coming into that family. Maybe, you know, maybe more. But I don't know how he affords everything. I really don't. I admire the hustle and stuff in the part of me, but... I don't know how he affords anything. The only way that makes sense is if his dad pays for everything in the background silently. But again, you know he's never going to admit that because that'd make you look horrendous, especially having consideration how much he takes the piss out of Brendan for being a rich kid. But that's the only way it makes sense to me, how he can afford everything. Or the only other other solution, the only other answer to that would be this. Maybe we underestimate just how much money successful podcasts make. We actually underestimate that. That's the thing probably... I'm probably guilty of that myself because i think i remember when rogan was debating about going to spotify the numbers that get get were getting thrown out there was like 30 million or something 30 50 million he was making when he wasn't on spotify every year that's somebody i remember saying i don't know if that's true but i remember that was a figure that was getting thrown out there that he was making every year Um, when he was just doing his podcast not on spotify on youtube on all the podcasting platforms by himself with no other person involved he was making somewhere in the region of like 30 million a year if that's true that's a good example of like how much money there is in this shit if you're successful and stuff so maybe brendan actually is making a lot of money it doesn't look like it but maybe he is so that maybe is how he's covering it but you know the the tours are drying up like if you even look at the, the dates here the tours are drying up in terms of the dates. He's not having as many dates as he used to have, right? They are all kind of like July. He's only got one day Oh, July. This date already. He's only one here. August. There's one, two, three. September. There's one, two, three. Not including Skankfest. And in November, there's one, right? So the, the 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 gigs aren't as plentiful as they once were. So how the hell? And the views of the podcast are, you know, minimum maybe fifty fifty thousand under. Like, how is he fucking keeping the lights on? That's what I want to know. Again, not pocket watching, not my business, but I'm fucking fascinated. Really, really unfascinated. Uchi, he was making a killing back in the day when Cass was hitting 600K views, but now he's better, exactly. Now he's better, not even, I don't even think there's, I can't think of a recent pod I saw, T5K, where they hit 100,000. I think it's mostly around the 50 to 60K. Um what we're saying it wouldn't surprise me if he's in debt to his eyeballs using his business to take loans and write off expenses. Yeah, true. But that again, that's, that's just a weird way to do business. I just don't know why he moved studios personally. I I know maybe there was a reason behind it because he went to show off because he went to kind of prove to doubters that he didn't get fired and he wasn't down bad after showtime. But I really don't know why he decided to, you know, um, I don't know how he decided, why he decided to kind of leave, that smaller studio for the bigger one because there really wasn't a real plan in place to kind of keep that big place there wasn't really a plan like the shows and stuff it wasn't really laid out well like everything was a bit you know to Natasha, you say tim dylan when he first started patronizing years ago was making 75k a month yeah true everything's kind of gone down a bit don't get me wrong but i think tim as well he's he's very lean his operation he's not a lean guy clearly but his operation is very lean it's just him you know Yo, big up, uh, I Just
4: joining. What's up, you Redax?
0: Hey, big up. Hold on. Let me, let me play that one more time. Sorry, my friend. It didn't show up on the screen. <coughs> For some reason, it didn't say. Let me just make that a bit bigger there. There we go. One more time. Big up, Sting! I appreciate you, brother. didn't play the fucking tts but hey it's there thank you um singer goo just joining what's up yes big up thank you for joining my friend appreciate ya um but yeah who knows um who fucking knows so yeah maybe i've got this all wrong and the guy is absolutely raking it in and we're all underestimating that even though you know because i think what people also underestimate is that once you get caught into like a because I think some of us are like former t fans. I know I am. And some of us can just stop listening to stuff and just, you know, we can abandon it and just like move on. But I think some people don't really listen to many things. So if you have one thing that occupies your weekly listening amount of stuff, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to kind of break away from it. So I think there's a lot of fans that still listen to t clearly that would make it worthwhile enough to continue doing the show that will make it also appealing to advertisers and sponsors. So I still think there is a big portion of those people who just keep listening just out of habit. And that's what's basically keeping the lights on. Yes, big up, Braygun, appreciate you.
4: Bruv, why you do a podcast same night as UFC? I
0: stay watching you too. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Raygon. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, I was going to do a flipping watch along for the UFC and stuff, but I really can't offer any big insight in this and I'm not going to do it well. So I'm just going to carry on doing my random show. And again, if you if you want to jump off the list, watch your UFC, do it. No problem. I won't take offense to that in a slight, is my friend. But thank you for the $3, brother. But yeah, I'm not going to... I mean, I, I, what what can I do with this stuff? The, the only way I could, I could make that work is if I could actually show it on the screen, but I can't because I get fucking you know remove that of the fucking you know i'd I'd get fucking thrown out of you know every fucking platform possible if i showed that on screen but i don't think i have a good enough grasp on fucking fighting and anything to kind of offer anything you know substantial anyway moving on um so let's go and talk about this uh yeah so about this so um I don't think it's a stretch to say. Hey, I'm my guy of zero duck 30. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for joining. What's my? What are you saying? Not surprised if Shob was making two to three million per year at the top of his game. Now he may be pulling anywhere near about 750 K not enough to spend like his spends company, but enough to fake it. Yeah. You know what? You're probably right. I think a few people have said this before, like, and that's why I think people forget. I think one of the benefits of, Becoming of being really successful in the beginning is that especially at the beginning because Brendan what started podcasting really early in it, like compared to everybody else. So you get to ride that success of being tr- early, and then no, you get to sort of like b- kind of reap the benefits of being early, being one of the first in, and then you also get to fucking hang around longer because you're one of the first in. You get to kind of like you know really squeeze it, try until the, right until the end. So a lot of his success now is in part due to because he's just got a listenership from all that time ago that just isn't gonna quit anytime soon they're already too in deep by now to kind of jump off into another pod so that makes a lot of sense but i don't know man i just think that may maybe it's just me and i just don't maybe i'm maybe i'm because i'm you know into fashion and stuff and i like r and i like kind of you know maybe imagery and i've got that fucking eye to see stuff and whatever but I think just as a person, I just don't think it makes sense to me in my head. If I was Brendan at his level, to live like that, like it just doesn't make sense. Like, why does he live like an American footballer? Like, I don't get it. You're a stand-up comedian that's not that good, right? If if if, they, if, they should, if you see Deshawn walk running down the street in a red Ferrari, that would make more sense. But why is Brendan driving one? You know what I mean? Like, why is he living in this big like? Why it doesn't make any sense? I'd want to have like my lifestyle kind of match my level of my kind of success or whatever lack of thereof you know what i mean that's the only thing that is a bit strange because that kind of shows you it's about an image thing mostly as opposed to being good at what you do because it doesn't make any sense why somebody like that would have like a lambo like why (laughs) why would you do that to yourself it just doesn't make any sense because now you have to keep now you have to keep up like trying to make trying to keep that lifestyle going basically when you can really just you know live with your means then when you get to lambo level you buy the lambo but i just don't understand why somebody that has two of the worst specials in the in the history of fucking comedy specials has a podcast that you know know a lot of people like um has such an un- that unlikable personality doesn't get booked that much is driving around in a ferrari it just makes weird sense to me but who knows yeah, exactly. Um, the do, do one under fake it, t- <laughs> fake it till you peg it. <laughs> Word to BGL. Word to fucking BGL. Fake it till you peg it. Big up my guy BGL. Anyway, moving on. So um, it's no. I wouldn't be rude or I wouldn't be remiss if I said that sometimes I get the feeling that louis J. Gomez is a bit conflicted. That's the way I got I get the feeling that Luis J. Gomez is a bit conflicted. He's a very conflicted individual. Yo, big up Eric C, I appreciate you.
4: Will you be surprised when Aston Villa <laughs> finishes above United this season?
0: <laughs> no, 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 That's not happening. That's not happening. That's not happening. As much as they are. Hmm. No, that's what that's what happened. I doubt it. Very, very doubtful. I think they'll end up imploding again. Um, like they did last time I think they bought pretty well this this summer again but I think they won't now I don't think so I doubt it man I doubt it I doubt it I have more faith I have more belief that maybe Chelsea will finish ahead of us than Aston Villa yeah I think Chelsea probably have more chance to finish ahead of us than Aston Villa I don't know Aston Villa will have what it takes to hold on in the business end of the season not happening um, but anyway, I was gonna say about Luis. It's a big AOC. I appreciate you for the super chat, brother. Um, I feel Luis like J. Gomez is a bit conflicted in that he clearly is somebody who, despite all of his kind of flirtations with the homeless cats and the sticking it to Brendan, I've always got the feeling that Luis J. Gomez actually does want to be a part of that crew. He wants to be in the kind of cool guys' club, but because they don't like him for whatever reason. He then has to adopt this kind of persona where he doesn't care about LA, doesn't care about money, doesn't care about Netflix, wants to be the most, you know, obscene comedian and say risque stuff and counterculture. Like he wants to be that kind of guy because that's the only choice he has because the other guys don't want him in his crew. And I think a really good example of that, as Brandon is saying here, is that for some reason, I don't know why it is. But Rogan just doesn't fancy the guy. And I think the good thing about Rogan not fancying him is that it's clearly a thing that Rogan is kind of like observed from afar because Rogan's had him on his show. He's had him on his show as part of the Skankfest thing where him and the rest of the Skankfest guys went on Rogan. He's had him on the show solo. And Rogan has clearly taken a look at him and said, you know what? Of the three of you guys, I don't like you in particular, Luis J. Gomez. And he clearly has made an effort to stay as far away from that guy as possible. He invites Dave Smith on the podcast. He invites, what's his name? Um, Big J. Okerson on there, right? All the time. But he's never really re invited Louis J. Gomez. And clearly, I think that is an indication of how he is viewed in the industry in general. I don't know why it is the case. I don't really give a fuck, really. It's probably comedian nonsense, backstabby stuff that's going on there. But clearly these comedians don't really fuck with Louis J. Gomez. That's why he has to kind of adopt this anti-LA thing. And obviously, the natural place to go to that to kind of play to the audience and kind of get some easy, cheap laughs and good bit of engagement is to kind of go and ingratiate yourself with the fire and the kids subreddit and kind of stick the boot into Brendan. But I don't think he really has a problem because he wants, obviously, I think because he sees Brendan as a Joe Rogan's friend still and he would love to get Joe Rogan's approval. So he's always kind of had the kiddie gloves on Brendan and also kind of played both he's kinda played both sides of Brendan. He's been the guy that's sticking it to him and also been the guy that's kind of making excuses for him and shit. And clearly from before Lucia Gomez came out and essentially tried to distance himself from the Fire and the Kid guys, tried to distance himself from like the things that he said about Brendan in the past. And obviously the Fire and the Kid the guys tore him apart they tore him to pieces so he then went on his show rap and decided to start copping please um and started to try to explain himself and why he basically was trying to walk back all his previous comments about brendan um in an effort to kind of you know be his fucking friend again because he invited him to fucking skankfest. really and truly kind of show again i don't really give a fuck like these guys you know they're my friends i'm not impressed by what they do in the slightest i don't think what they do is like the you know because i think a lot of these guys have this idea in their head that they have, like, the best job in the world. It's like, not everybody wants to be a stand-up comedian. Some people just, like, laughing at your jokes. Some people, like, laughing at you because you say dumb things. Some people, like, hate watching you. Like, these guys legitimately think that everybody on Earth would love to be a stand-up and chat shit on stage and, I don't know, drink fucking liquid death and look the way they do. Like, not really. I'm not impressed in the slightest. So I don't care, right, what he does. But I find it fucking hilarious how this subreddit got him so shook <laughs> that he had to walk it all back <laughs> and say, look, guys, I'm one of you guys. I'm one of you guys. I promise. I promise. So I'll play the whole clip and I'll say my style in the end. Twitter
3: twitter's for us arguing.
0: Yeah, you're just yeah.
4: fucking you're there to argue. So I start arguing with people and then people like people know when i on a flight that they start to bait me so then i start <laughs> yeah. to have a. but it's the same guys every time so we go back and forth and we start arguing you have regulars that you argue with yeah of course yeah. sparring partners of course. So but now see, this is all turned into this whole thing has now spawned into the homeless cats the fighter and the kids subreddit they're fucking furious at me one of the guys that trolled me um had luke thomas as his profile picture nice. right and luke thomas is an mma journalist he's an mma okay. journalist Oop. yeah and the guy said something to me at one point. He was like, he was like, dude, you're fucking like Brendan Shaw. And when somebody says that to me, I'm like, you're just fuck you're just showing your ass. It reminds me of back in the day when somebody would be like, You're fucking Opie. You're like, dude, like, how are you not more embarrassed if that is like Your frame your, of reference. That's your thing. Like that's you you have a, a a picture of Luke Thomas as your profile What's picture. The Luke Thomas? Because he had a beef with Brendan Schaub, so they called him okay. the 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 fucking the CEO of PF Chang's or, or you know the top chief homeless cat or whatever else it is. So I was like, and so I made the point. I was like, dude, you're a fucking loser. You're using another man's profile picture as your thing. I was like, just because your entire life is a fighter in the kid's subreddit, right? So I tweet that at him. They've picked up on it now and they're fucking not happy. They think Uh-oh. that I'm attacking them. I'm not attacking. Let me make something very clear because they're going to see this. This will yeah. be up in an hour. Ready? <laughs> I'm not. I don't care about you at all. I, I love the fight. I, I, I lurk the fighter and the kid subreddit. I think it's kind of funny. Yeah. However, if your entire identity is that subreddit, you're a fucking loser and you should actually eat a bullet. That is crazy. If you are making your profile picture, other men, because they made fun of Brendan Schaub, you are a fu- like as yeah. bottom of the fucking barrel as it gets. That is way more of a fucking loser than Brendan Schaub, right? A
0: bit rich coming from a guy that's got a fucking, was it a platform called Gas Digital? <laughs> right? this guy legitimately thinks he's in any business to call anybody losers or lame when you've got a network called gas digital are you are you kidding me are you for real gas digital. <laughs> he thinks he's making his own fucking netflix with his fucking shit right with this fucking creature next to him doing a show him his other friends like who the fuck listens to this shit Gas Digital always like, come anyway, I'll
4: let it play, I'll let it play,
0: I'll let it play, I'll let it play, I'll let, play.
4: let play. No comedians think Brendan Schaub's funny. It's boring <laughs> to say that at this point. Why do we need to fucking say, like, that's the thing, like, I I'm not, I not can't be, I can't just hate on a fucking comedian because there's a subreddit that hates him so fucking much. And if you don't trash this guy, now they fucking hate you too. That is fucking whack. That's just- no, 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 no.
0: He's misrepresenting the subreddit and everybody in general from from i've been a part of that subreddit for a very long time and i can say with honesty a lot of the disdain that comes from that subreddit for comedians overall is that for the longest time that subreddit even before me before i even got on the fucking before my eyes were opened they were saying this guy is a fucking pos right when it comes to brendan they were calling him out from ages ago they were calling out fucking brent joe rogan before it was cool they were saying all of that stuff right and the thing that was annoying people on that subreddit was that it wasn't just the fact that um he was a rubbish comedian no that they always say that they always kind of do that as the excuse or because he's bad at comedy no it's because he's a demonstrably terrible person and clearly has been given everything on a silver platter and still fucking fumbled it but then acts like he fucking did it all by himself and not because of his famous and rich friends that's the fucking thing that really gets everybody annoyed like they just can't understand why these comedians wouldn't want to call out the fact that this person is a clearly a horrible person clearly has kind of jumped the fucking line in terms of how you meant to do comedy the quote-unquote right way got given opportunities that probably they didn't deserve, then got the opportunities and fucking fumbled them, then acted like they were better than everybody and done all manner of things under the sun. The, just think about this one to being thing to just to be honest, right? There are some people out there in the world who exist, right? Regular people in this world who exist. Who if they hear about somebody like friends like I've got I've got I know people specifically these kind of people, right? I know people specifically who don't play when it comes to their boyfriend husband wives or girlfriends they don't play with their partners they don't play around so if you make a joke about their partner if you suggest something whatever it may be it could be it could be a fight in your hands you could legitimately start scrapping your friend like they don't fuck around when it comes to that sort of stuff and those same people are the same ones who won't allow their friend to cheat in front of them like if their friend they're going out somewhere in a strip car and they're trying to get a bit messy they're gonna have an issue they're gonna pull you to one side they're gonna leave they're gonna be pissed off They're those kind of guys that exist if those guys exist and they heard that brendan trull was the type of person that would allegedly right fucking slide into collider's dms when she was going out with bobby lee in an effort to fuck don't they have the right to kind of think oh he's a piece of shit Outside of the fucking comedy, just in terms of how they live their lives and what they think is right or wrong, just hearing that one story about him trying to slide in Kalala's DMs, wouldn't that be enough for them to think, you know what, I don't like this guy? That should be enough to regular people, right? Cool. But for some reason, these comedians think there is the only thing that people fucking <laughs> don't like about Brendan is the fact that he's not funny. No, nah, most of you guys aren't funny. But that guy is like, I don't know how to describe it. He just... For some reason, he just has the ability to be so fucking unlikable as a human because of the human things that he does. The lack of fucking, you know, one, you know, the lack of what you call it, owning up to mistakes or willing to fucking being called out or the thin skin shit, the swing of unique, the cheating stuff. The, the alleged maybe the stealing of the jokes if you believe that kind of thing the not paying artist type of thing there was a guy on there that did that remember the subreddit he posted something about being scammed the copying of fucking artwork i've mentioned before um the cancelling of the shows last like again we, we make a joke about the uk tour and stuff but my guy cancelled that shit with like two weeks notice didn't give his fans any heads up or anything all these things should be enough to make people think you know what i don't like you But for some reason, with these guys, it's not enough.
4: As whack as it comes, and I think they got the the Legion of Skanks subreddit banned. Oh no, it was banned this morning. Oh no, I'm on Reddit. Uh, I have the app, and I will post as well. Um, I post on all the subreddits. No, I I post under Puerto Rican Rattles or P.R. Rattlesnake or the P.R. Rattlesnake or whatever else it is. yeah, and I think by the, I think trolling is funny. The, the the guy that was trolling me, we're like literally going back and forth now, being like, "Yeah, dude, that was pretty funny yesterday, right?" And, but yeah, so now the 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 homeless cats are mad at me. So now I have to spend today taking shots at Brendan Shaw in order to get them back on my side. So guys, at any point, please just yeah. fucking throw them out
0: there. <laughs> are you gonna fight him? This guy's a fucking dork, isn't it? most of these guys are so lame, so corny, so dorky in every like in every fucking um um in every way possible really like honestly in every way possible no one's really bothered if you like brendan or don't like brendan it's just this clear evidence of just wanting to be like liked mean, you want to be part of the cool club you really truly want to be brendan's friend but you know too much water under the bridge way too much bad stuff has happened you're probably besmirched in joe rogan's book that's why brendan doesn't really fuck with you that heavy and that's kind of where you're at now but he really does want to be a part of that crew that's basically what's happening here. And he thought he could try to use the Friday of to kind of, you know, get in that way and be friendly with them. Then when it came time to sell tickets and be a little bit controversial, and whatever, he booked Brendan for that thing. And now you're trying to be Brendan. I don't know. It's just fucking lame. Just do what you're going to do. But this whole fucking game he's playing
4: is just pathetic, really, to be fair. It's gang. I'll beat his fit ass. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> you, dude. And I'll punch that rapist Chris Dillian right in his fucking face. Karen, you want to go, bitch? toe rogan i don't think yeah, that these people will ever like brendan Scha- i don't brendan Schwab could f- i think he literally saved a child's life and they were like fuck you dude you should have let that child die hell yeah i think that's a story that happened if i'm not mistaken
0: no again he doesn't know what he's talking about like he doesn't know what he's talking about so the f- the, the story about the car crash from what i remember correctly um from what i remember sorry not correctly from what i remember the issue wasn't more so people... First of all, people don't believe Brendan because he generally lies. Let's just put that out there. But That's what they don't want to say. G- Brendan lies about literally everything for the most part. I'm not sure what bits are true, what bits are not true. There's a clip I might play later on of him saying that he, him and fucking Ludacris, he was next to being lying to be the fucking host of Fear Factor and it was down to him and Ludacris. Like, I don't know. He just lies for, for a fucking living. So the default reaction to most of Brendan's stories is that he's lying then after further investigation it was proven that there was a car crash something that that event did happen but people were trying to surmise whether or not brendan's version of the story was true and even if you listen to brendan's version of the story it's not the best version of the, it's not it doesn't paint him in a good light essentially he saw the car crash was driving by um on his way to go to dinner with his wife on a date night they saw what was happening the wife told him not to stop and just go he then decides to stop Essentially, essentially pulls the kids out of this burning car allegedly um but as he's describing the story he's calling the kids fat and shit right <laughs> he pulls them out of the car gets them all well gets them all on the side of the road or whatever make sure they're okay and then jumps in his car and leaves before the cops and police come because he doesn't want to give any evidence he just wants to carry on with his day it's like what <laughs> then he goes to this restaurant before they go to the restaurant Obviously, because this is a family that fucking is obsessed with social media. They take out their phone and take a picture of themselves in the car before they go in, I think, or whatever, or after the car crash. And he's clearly wearing a sparkling clear, sparkling clear fucking white T-shirt. But in the story, when he mentioned it, he was like, oh, when I was going there, I had like gas all over my shirt. And like, you know, because from the stains and the smoke of the car and stuff. But when he took a selfie of himself in the car, his T-shirt was completely clean. So we don't know what bit of the story has been fucking you know sprinkled with some salt bay fucking salt and spice on it but clearly his version of events doesn't paint him in a good light one and number two probably isn't the entire truth (laughs) and then when people did further investigation the woman that was allegedly on the scene that saw him there and basically corroborated the story was somebody that I think who said I think Sean McCorkle said that that person was on Facebook and had a mutual friend with Brendan from back in the day bro that story isn't as black and white as it seems there's too many holes in the story and it clearly isn't what he's trying to paint it out to be but when it did get proven that he was there at least everyone gave him the credit but people are going on as if oh if he said kids are burning car they won't give him credit for it Nah, it's just the way that he told the story made him sound like a douche and also there was a lot of holes in it
4: one thing, wasn't story. there a thing where you like fucking stopped on the side of the road and like there was a car on fire and he like got out and like helped and people were like, dude, what a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't know the lore, but dog. I swear <laughs> to God, I, I maybe I'm. Po- Shannon, do you? Am I? Am I missing something from this? You're correct. He saved the lives of four children who had been in a car accident. <laughs> That's crazy. And they were like, "Fuck you, dude. dude!" they hated him for
5: it. Hell yeah.
6: There's
4: nothing this guy could do. There's no going back. He needs to.
5: In all
6: fairness, the driver of the car did veer off the road because they were watching Gringo poppy. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I call that one a wash. What do we? Anyway, you get the point. Um, I don't think this is true. I don't think there's anything that you could not do. Like Everybody's redeemable. Everybody has an opportunity to kind of, you know, um, everybody has opportunity at have forgiveness, whatever that thing is, or just to rewrite their narrative. But unfortunately, you know, let's just be honest. Most people don't change. The guy's in his 40s now. He's got two kids, another one away. He's married and shit. He's settled with his social group. He's settled in his career. Um, for the most part, the incentive to change isn't there because he's been successful despite in spite of all the you know terrible personality traits that he has and the things that he's done to people over the years and whatever it may be so there's no incentive really to change so it doesn't make sense to change now just because there's some people on Reddit that don't like how you act because for the most part they don't really have a say so in your success or lack thereof so this idea that he has you know So this this idea that we're never gonna the people never changing them isn't true. It's more so because he will never actually change himself. Because why would he? Because he doesn't actually think he does anything wrong anyway. That's another thing as well. He doesn't actually see the wrong that he does. Because you know clearly as you can see from that Bobby Lee um, interview that he had when he went on Tiger Belly, he still didn't get what was the reason. You know he still didn't get the part he played in that whole affair he was still on there fucking telling him to define bullying and shit. Like all of that stuff was fucking was the biggest insight you need to see on his brain and how it works. And it's not a bad thing. Everyone's allowed to be the way they are, but like to kind of make it seem as if the final kid subreddit guys are the crazy ones and they're the unhinged ones. They're the obsessed ones is fucking wild considering that that place only exists because that guy, Brendan basically is a douche. Like if he stopped being a douche, that place wouldn't exist simple as that like he's the one that fucking provides non-stop content for that subreddit they don't go out looking for anything they're not even malicious they don't even do like the the stuff that fucking you know other detractor communities of locals do where they go and start investigating this and getting records of that they don't do anything they just sit there listen to what he says and clip it (laughs) that's all they do they sit on that subreddit watch his content flip it and upload it that's all they do they don't go and look for stuff they're not going to you know looking for his bank records they're not doing anything they just listen to what he says and calling out the bullshit that he says all the fucking time that's all it is really and that's not even to talk about the funny side of things that's all but anyway what can i do um yeah, Luis Gomez is fucking lame, to be fair. hes I've always uh, i have always got the feeling that he's a little bit corny, a little bit duplicitous and two-faced and shit. And this is a clear example of it, personally. If I was Brendan, actually, to be fair, I'd be very wary of someone like a Luis Gomez, pl- clearly. I'd be very, very, very wary of him because he spent a very long time, a very long time insulting him, saying some crazy shit about him. And then suddenly, when he wants to book him for the show, now he's trying to be his best friend. Then when the Reddit, you know, attacks him for being Brendan's best friend, then now he's trying to fucking twerk for the Reddit. Like, this guy's all over the place, man. If I was Brendan, I'd be very, very worried about associating with fucking Luis J Gomez, man. He's a bit dodgy. Little, 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 little bit dodgy. But, you know, what do I know? Uh, what do I know? What do I know? Moving on, actually. Yeah, this is a... Big other friend, the kids are, This is a good fucking... um. Yeah, exactly, it's game bred footballer. He puts it on a plate for the subreddit. Exactly, man. Come on, no one's doing anything for that guy. Self awareness is on the zero. Exactly, Le Pateman. I agree with you. Slimy bit of dog. Exactly. loose. loses a crab in the bucket of a papa. Yeah. Just sometimes I I have sympathy for Brendan. I really do because I think he's very malleable. I think kind of person. I think he's only doing what everyone else is doing in the scene. And I think that industry is just full of so many fucking snakes, like they're all so fucking jealous and envious of each other, and comparing ticket sales and Instagram followers and views on YouTube and who got what special, who deserves what, who got on Rogan, who didn't. It's just awful. There's hardly anybody just sitting there, just focusing on the actual art, or you know, feeding the fans, making a good show. Like when's last time you heard fucking a fucking stand-up comedian talking about putting on a good show? Except, that's what I'm saying. Except for Burt. except for Bert, who do you hear about? Who speaks about putting on a good, fun show for their fans? They're all worried about fucking tickets. Who went on where? Impressions, views, booking is oh, it's horrible. So it's not. It's really no no surprise that a guy like Brendan like is the way he is. In a way, he got in there and just kind of copied everybody around him, and that's what everyone else around him does. Do you know what I mean? They talk out both sides of their mouth. They speak about you well in the pod, then in the green room, they're talking about how you don't sell tickets and shit. Um, horrendous people, man. Horrendous people, really. Horrendous. Which is why I understand the Matt Rife success is quite sweet because he just made it on e- in his own little bubble. He doesn't have to fucking, you know, twerk for these guys and be on their podcast to sell tickets. He's just in his own little bubble with his own little crew doing what they do. Even if you don't like the comedy, you have to respect that thing, which I respect a lot the fact that he's just been able to kind of do it by himself without their fucking help and shit anyway moving on let's play this clip this is curtis the other thing is it's it's called just a little reheat brendan lies a lot i love this clip because this is a funny one it features uh dave dave portnoy from Barcelona sports talking to tim dylan and the rest of the crew from that pod he's got with the tiktokers called uh bffs let's play this me a second boom let's get him on the screen can we get him on there let's get
6: with the chat let's play this just to give josh like i was go- i was asked i had a guy who's no longer here but he's like hey will you do theo vaughn's podcast i'm like sure i'll do it yeah. i showed up to the theo vaughn podcast it just wasn't his podcast so <laughs> it came on as like where's theo and Sorry. They're like, well, he's not here. It's like, that's weird. It's his, but it was a totally different podcast. So I didn't care. I was just confused. Right. No,
3: it's funny. Cause I just thought Brendan Schaub was lying. Cause Brendan lies a lot. So I thought Brendan had just made something up. Cause Brendan's like, oh yeah, Port Noriott. It's going to be great. I'm like, he knows it's us. He goes, yeah, he's really excited about it. So he's just making things up. So that's all I was talking about on my show is how hilarious. Cause you were like, what the fuck is going on? You're like, why am I talking to these two idiots? um but it was it was fun it was a good conversation but you seemed like you seemed a little pissed up. so if
0: you don't remember there was an episode of um i think it was firing the kid where tim dylan was on with brendan and they had dave point to come on as a guest over skype and he just was pissed from minute one he just wasn't happy to be there and now he's obviously explaining that he was sold or he was told at the beginning that it was a field show he gets on and it's brendan and tim dylan and he didn't know tim dylan that well didn't know brendan that well he's just annoyed but the funny thing is he really never made any effort to be um fucking brendan's friend and it's funny because i always had the feeling or as i would have assumed that dave portnoy and brendan would have been quite friendly or would have been cool with each other because of the circles they run in but i have a feeling dave portnoy just has never fucked with brendan in any way shape or form He's never really made an effort to kind of go on the fire on the kid. they were kind of in the same circles and shit. there's a fear of worn connection there. He's just never really you know now he's obviously kind of friendly with Tim Dylan. He's just given me the feeling I don't know if you guys agree that he's just probably not the biggest Brendan Short fan, which is funny, considering you know some people would say you know Dave Porter's personality kind of reminds him a little bit of Brendan, even though I don't think that's true, but you'd think they'd be a lot friendlier than they are, and I think. In Brendan's case, I think he would like to be more cool with the Barstool sports guys, but they're just not there with him. The KFC guys, all those type of people, they're not really close with him as they probably should be, you know? That's the only thing that I feel like is a bit out of order when I see this little post. It's like, damn, this is one of the only people I think in media I can think of who didn't care that Brendan was friends with Rogan and just didn't like the cut of his jib. Just like, you know, nah, I'm not for that guy. And just kept him moving, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, big up dave portnoy what a fucking legend uh le Potemain is saying dave is also quite rapey what's the matter with these people lols i don't know about that one mates uh... have you seen his comedy b um he doesn't really like la people oh is it okay oh okay Tim was mean like okay, yeah, true i think maybe even Dave point maybe Dave Portnoy really is an la person even he? he doesn't really strike me as an la person even though he's got money and he hangs around with people I don't think his personality would gel too much for that fakery Right? With that <laughs> I don't think he would probably be too friendly with that sort of stuff um let's move on here we've got this this clip here called um, let the old man tell his boring story cursing if the like kids sub let's play this again me a sick let the old man tell his story what's this Right,
3: well, Chad came to my old house because my, my it, you're ex, one in Calabasas, yeah. My, no, yeah. no, the one in Santa Monica, my ex, the new one, my ex, no, the one in Santa Monica. My, my, the, my ex swore that she would hear footsteps and saw German shepherds because the okay, one so, in Brentwood, the San
5: Vicente area, that, no, that no, one, no, no, the first no, one no, I went no, to. I
3: don't, you've been to my my old house, my old my house in Santa Monica,
5: the one that your the ex wife currently lives in. in, yes.
3: Oh, we'll just say, you know. yeah, so so that house it's so, a so new building. I don't though. know if you know the story behind that house. I know the land, the, the people died. <laughs> well, the guy, so the guy.
0: <laughs> Come on. Come on. Who has friends like this? Come on. Come on. Who has friends like this? Come on. Come on. Who has friends like this? This, in my opinion, is like, it's like a passive-aggressive. Is it passive-aggressive? Or is it like a... Yeah, it's kind of passive aggressive. Lack of respect for your story or what you're saying, this hyper fixation on the detail that doesn't matter. Like it's like it's like you're telling a story about somebody you 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 somebody from work to your friend outside of work. It doesn't matter about what the person looks like. You just want to get the the kind of the fucking overall story out. But that person just keeps trying to focus in. Who is it? Was it Daniel, the one I saw you that time after work? Was it Daniel, the one with the... No, no, it doesn't matter what Daniel It's Just listen to the fucking story, right? Like, this is fucking unhinged behavior. Like, so disrespectful, legitimately. And only fucking Cucky Rinks would be the one to sit there and take it. Only fucking Brian the Cut Callan would absolutely be okay to take this fucking brutaling, this fucking disrespect in 4K. Because this is really crazy. Like, just shut the fuck up and let me speak one more time. Because this is horrendous, man. Look at the amount of time he interrupts him. I'm gonna
3: actually try and count it. It's interesting, right? Well, Chad came to my old house because my my you're one in Calabasas. Yeah, no, no, the one in Santa Monica. My ex. The new one. My ex. No, the one in Santa Monica. My my the my ex swore that she would hear. Footsteps and saw German shepherds. Because the, the one okay,
5: in so, Brentwood, the no. ca- area, that, no, that no, one, no, the first no, one no, I went no. to. I
3: don't. You've been to my my old house, my old, my house in Santa Monica, the one that your ex-wife currently lives in. lives in. Yes. Oh, we'll just say. You yeah. Know. So so that house. So, That's a new so building. I don't though. know if you know Six. the story behind that. house. I know the land. The the people seven. died. Well, the guy. So the guy who. Seven.
0: seven interruptions. In a thirty-six second clip. Seven interruptions about him trying to remember with great detail what house it was in a thirty second second clip thirty six second clip sorry thirty six second seven interruptions seven seven are you insane who does this to people who imagine having a friend like this exactly <laughs> Stephen <laughs> castaneda de- <laughs> no sorry Bella, <laughs> deaf jack russell direct exactly Steve because deray the whole story if you had a friend like this in real that's the thing I'm, that's the thing that's again annoying like why doesn't he have just people just tell him hey can you just chill and let me tell my story like who has real friends that do this to them like it's in real life that constantly interrupt your stories like this that hyper-focus on deals that don't matter so that you can just throw you of course so you can hurry up your fucking story so that they can have their word to say who actually does this to their actual friends yo big up um, snooker man for the membership appreciate it brother welcome welcome um, who does this to their actual friends I don't understand this man this is bizarre behaviour like it doesn't matter like what house it was just listen to the fucking story It doesn't matter if you remember the fucking specific house. Just me telling the story should be enough for you to fucking get a grip of what I'm trying to say here. But the lack of respect that this this guy has, man. Like, if he's not talking, it really does not matter. (laughs) It's fucking wild. And Brian just sits there and takes it. This little fucking five foot two leprechaun looking ass guy, man. Like, oh yeah, yeah, man. It's so annoying. Anyway, let's, let's move on with that one. More evidence again. I love this. These are my clips where I love them best because it's not that big of a deal, right? That he doesn't remember the specific name of this attraction, this, this kind of Halloween thing he's talking about for the kids. But it's just a lack of acknowledgement of like, oh shit, my bad. Not that, This. He never does that, really. He just keeps, he just, he just goes. So this is another clip. It's called from operative Night of the Jack, right? Question mark. So let's watch this clip. Normal people, when they make a mistake like this, they just go, oh yeah, my bad. But listen to what he does. This is fucking so interesting in the mind of Brendan Shaw. I think this is kind of a, not even specific to him. It's probably just a narcissistic trait that people do, right? The lack of kind of owning up to your mistakes. But just hear this out. Osman,
5: oh dude, you know the right up here, you know the Jack Alisman, I you that. Oh dude, you know the right up here, you know the Jacks of Night, where it's at the Gillette Ranch, the the pumpkin Jacks of Night. You definitely need to take your son there, but it's during Halloween. the The King's Ranch, you uh, said Giant Ranch. They do the Jacks of Night, and they have the dopest like <laughs> pumpkin patch and this whole Halloween thing. I go there every year, every year. You know, one of my favorite shows is Ghost Adventures with my boy Zach Baggins, right? Yeah. It, this thing's by far the best thing, I think, in nice North America. Yeah. When it comes to Halloween, there's nothing better.
0: So, did you see that, right? So, he says Jacks of Night many, many times, right? Jacks of Night, Jacks of Night, Jacks of Night, Jacks of Night. Then, when, it com- when Chin pulls it up on the screen, clearly the thing is called Night, of the- What's it called Night of the Jack. He sees it on the screen, it's called Night of the Jack. A normal regular person will see that but, oh shit, no, my bad. That's what it's called. Knight of the Jack, not Jack of Knights. But he doesn't even say that. He just steamrolls through his entire thing. <laughs> this is such a bizarre thing to do, no? It's again, it's a very small thing. It's not important. It doesn't really matter. Who cares? I know it's is nitpicky and doesn't really whatever. But representation of just how odd this human is. It's such a bizarre thing. Like I've never seen people that just refuse to admit they're wrong to this level. Because you said Jack of Night, but the thing's called Night of the Jack. It comes up on the screen and you just kind of just steamroll like you didn't see it. One more time.
3: Osman, if
5: I that. Oh, dude, you know the right up here? You know the Jacks of Night where it's at the Gillette Ranch? The the pumpkin Jacks of Night, you definitely need to take your son there. But it's during Halloween, the the King's Ranch, it's that uh, giant ranch, they do the Jacks of Night. And they have the dopest, like, pumpkin patch and this whole Halloween thing. I go there every year, every year. You know, one of my favorite shows is Ghost Adventures with my boy Zach Baggins, right? Yo,
0: big up Austin Casey, I appreciate you. As
4: you don't see it, Bopper is back on Addie's. Oh,
0: you think so? Someone else mentioned it here. Do you think it's Addie's? Does Addie's make you do that? Where you just, like, (laughs) you have no fucking... Realization of the things you're saying. How you you think it's Addies? I'm curious. What do you think? You think it's Addies? Yeah, he's into. Oh, okay. Everyone's everyone's saying yes. Yeah. Steve if saying yeah. He's interrupting again. Big up, um, August, um Austin Casey. Appreciate it, brother. See, so, you're right. Okay, everyone's saying the same thing. People are saying he's back on Addies because he's interrupting all the time. Oh. Yeah, that true. That story that Brian shared, isn't it, about him um always interrupting and just rambling and saying shit, and Natasha is saying no, it's his personality. <laughs> He's just dumb as bricks. Okay, fair enough. Addies make you confident like Coke does. Okay, Uche says, yeah, you can't finish a thought when you're on that enough anti Exactly. Addies make you repeat yourself for real, for real. Constant derailment. <laughs> I might have to. I might I might have to order some addies from the dark net and do a live stream I swear to god I think that might have to be a I think that might have to be a fucking um I think that might have to be a fucking option you know I think I might have to honestly I think I might have to order some fucking addies from the dark net and try and do a live stream and see how that goes it <laughs> just go for fucking hours. I am have to do that. I swear to God, like this random show is brought to you by Addies from username the Pumpkin perno What I don't know, the Pumpkin Turnover. That'd be fucking mad, it That'd be flipping crazy. I'll just go through fucking everything, like everything. That'd be super sick. I might have to try that out, maybe. But yeah, <laughs> Addies, 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 mate these addies man they must taste like fucking jolly do they even taste nice do addies even taste like M&M's or something like jolly Ranchers or some shit or it's just the effect because the way these guys pop them you'd think they taste like fucking starbursts or some shit man do they have like a little bit of like can you get like chocolate addies mint addies strawberry addies (laughs) is that a thing (laughs) can you get flavoured addies I'll, (laughs) I'll pop a few of them if you get me some peanut butter Addies, I'm all over those motherfuckers, bro. I'll I'll be knocking those things back. <laughs> okay, they taste bitter. Okay, cool, cool. I'll knock those bad boys back. I'll I'll do that. I'll do that on fucking camera, mate. If I get if I get fucking deleted, I get deleted. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> I'll take on for the. I'll take on for I'm the. Con- not, I'm not, oh, sorry. I'm not- I'll, I'll take on for the content team. Um. Anyway. Um. Addies make me calm. Ted Natasha. It's a bit of an insight there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Random for hours and hours. But no fuck. Okay, cool. No, Iris. Addies make me calm. <laughs> Nutella Addies, yeah. I'm all over there. Nutella Addies. You know the vibes, man. You know the vibes. Um, this is one of the best ones. For me, Clips. Because this is the clear, clear representation that we need that luke thomas or luke as brendan will pronounce it um is clearly being influenced by the non-stop fucking bc fucking ceo of chang's constant fucking skits and bits is finally starting to bleed through over to fucking luke thomas courtesy of this clip it's he can't deny it because when brendan said the words that he said the little smile that comes across the fucking Luke Thomas's face is undeniable. He can't help but not notice the stuff now. So this is Brendan and Luke Thomas speaking on the Shoreban show about MMA and shit and just look at Luke just look at Luke's face. Look at Luke's face.
5: I I I'm not, not hating any facet. They're two of the very best. Yeah. We just saw that fight. We I just fucking saw Markchev destroy Charles. <laughs> I just saw it. And then they yeah. run it back and it's not like Uh, he knew he knew
0: he knew he heard he heard saw it as the title said in every facet he knows all these little skits and bits he couldn't help himself because bc says them all the fucking time he can't help himself when he saw he saw it again just imagine right imagine pronouncing saw it with an l saw it i've said it before Plenty of times, I don't think this is a dyslexia thing. I don't think this is a inflamed tongue thing. I honestly do think that brendan just knows he says shit wrong, but because he wants to get his thoughts out there, he just blabbers through them and doesn't give a fuck because he's like, "Who's gonna tell me what? You know what I mean? If someone tells me something, I'll fuck them up, right? Or whatever. I got money, then you shut the fuck up, kind of thing." He's got that kind of you know cocky arrogance about him, but I think he knows that he's fucking the words up, he just doesn't give a fuck, <laughs> that's basically my conclusion, he just rushes through the words, says them how he says them, if you don't like what I said, you don't like what I said, but I'm not going to correct myself, I'm not going to say them correctly, because you know what I'm trying to say, Kind of, he's, he's one of the type of people, where he, you know like, if he fucks up your name, he's not going to try and pronounce it, the way you want it to be pronounced, he's just going to say, Look, but you know what I'm trying to say, you know that kind of person, but, he, but you get me, you get me though right, the, uh, that kind of vibe, so he just kind of just says it that way. Because this is a crazy way to pronounce sore it. You pronounce it sore lit. Like what? One more time. Because this is fucking wild. How he adds L's and E's onto stuff that don't make any sense. Like when he says milk. Instead of milk. Why do you pronounce it milk? What? One more time. I'm not, I'm not hating
5: any facet. Uh, they're two of the very best. Yeah. We just saw that fight. We, I just fucking saw Makchev destroy Charles. I just saw it. And then they yeah. run it back and it's not like.
7: <laughs> Luke's face.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to play in concentrate Luke's face, please. Luke's face is the brilliant bit because he sees it. That that face when you know your friend's a dummy is that's the best in it. Like we've never had that face before. Yo, big up, thick boy. I appreciate you for the $2.
4: I love sniffing an Addy off a of baddy. <sighs>
0: Sniff the Addy off the baddie. Sniff the Addy off the baddie. We're going off with the Addies. Sniff the Addy off the baddie. The are sniffing off the Addies. Addies going in the baddies. Oh! Yo, sniffing an Addy off a baddie is just going to be a non-stop fun thon isn't it? She's going to be talking her fucking face off. You're going to be talking her face off. Nothing's going to get done. <laughs> You're both going to have incredibly sore fucking chins or sore chins, as he would say. <laughs> But, freak, but I appreciate you But just focus Just focus, please On Luke Thomas's face, please One more time, last time now
5: I'm not, I'm not hating any facet They're two of the very best yeah. We just saw that fight we, I just fucking saw Makchev destroy Charles I just saw it And then they yeah. run it back
0: <laughs> He saw it uh, He knows, he knows He fucking knows luke thomas knows he can't deny it. he knows he sees it he sees what PC sees. but one thing i like about luke to be fair to him he knows brendan's a fucking readact. act but he's also brendan's friend and he's also very loyal and he's also very um yeah he's just loyal in terms of like brendan basically helped him out to get a job at showtime essentially right he was kind of one of the big reasons why he got the job there he kind of lobbied for him and recommended him and ever since then Luke has been like, hey, he's good with me. He's He can never do anything in my book that's ever going to make me not like him because he helped me out in a time where I was really kind of down, wanting to make a change in my career, wasn't really seeing a way out. And he provided me with that ability to kind of, you know, be more successful, get a way out, provide for my family, blah, blah, blah. So I have major respect for Luke in that respect. I don't, you know, he doesn't need to be a BC. He can do this. And again, this is an example of what Luis J Gomez doesn't do. If you want to be Brennan's friend, be Brennan's friend. But don't try and play two sides of the fucking fence and then be surprised when you get called out for it. Like, you know what I mean? No one's saying you can't be his friend. No not saying you can't like the guy. But just relax, you know what I mean? Like, if you want to like him, cool. Like him if you want. But, like, come on, man. This playing both sides thing is fucking lame. But, yeah, big up Luke Thomas for um, trying his best to hold it in <laughs> but failing miserably. Big up him. Let's um, see it's cool. Let's move on. Um, What's saying here? Uh, Uh, Oh, let's. I want to play a few. This is actually. Let me play a couple more, and then I've got a bounce. Actually, let me do a couple more, and let me just do this. I want to play this because this is this to me, maybe one of my most favorite clips I've ever seen of this guy ever, 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 ever. And I know I'm gonna bit, I'm gonna hype this up a bit, but it's not, you know, it's probably not as good as I'm probably making it seem as. But let me see, where is it? There we go, there we go, there we go. It's uh 41 to 42. So, on the front the kids, 41 42. Let's go here, let's scroll across 41 42, no, 41 22, I think, All right? Yeah, no, 41 12, my bad, 41 12. So, <clears throat> this is a this is amazing because this is taken from the gold now episode number 39 featuring eric griffin Crystal delia and Brendan shawb and kids names come up right having kids names and shit and you know newborn baby like having kids and what you're going to call your kids all that shit kids names kids name kids names kids names if you say kids names enough you're going to get the fucking police outside of your door right anyway cool kids names yeah so they're talking about kids names and you know then the subject turns to like oh the names you give your kids you have to be kind of careful of it because you don't want your kids to get bullied in school and it's really fascinating because in this little clip you'll see it never crossed brendan's brain that naming his kids what he named them would ever get them bullied in school it never once crossed his name it's like he he just thinks those names are just quite normal maybe because he's in a bubble in la maybe because he's a genuine redact but it never crossed his brain to put those two things together. So he's talking in one side of his brain about being careful about what you name your kids without ever contemplating what his kids are called. Like it's a fucking bizarre clip. And of course, Eric and Chris kind of subtly call him out on it and he still doesn't really get it. And he kind of, you know, he's kind of like caught in the, like a deer caught in the headlights, a little bit surprised to hear that for the first time. Oh, people think those names are weird. So it's a fucking interesting clip because it kind of goes to show how warped his fucking... Brain is in terms of the way it kind of perceives things, you know. Like his stuff is really okay. Everyone else's stuff is weird. I don't know. So it's a strange clip. Let me just play it so you can kind of get where I'm coming at. Because for me, I found this fascinating. Yeah, that
6: you nose know, so. checked out. My little, yeah, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. was like this in the womb. He yeah. was doing like this yeah. in the womb. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I was like, oh wow, most emotional I've ever been through yep. the whole process. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Was knowing that I was like, oh wow, Yeah, you know, he so. doesn't have
5: a tail. Yeah, or
6: whatever it is. Right. And you right.
0: found out the. That- <laughs> he doesn't have a tail is his code for saying the kid didn't have a, a disability or something like can you like not to put down anybody but can you imagine <sighs> like anyway let's not even let's not even go
5: down that route the gender too huh you did the blood work we already do that yeah yeah it's oh, so a
6: boy yeah yeah we did that here right we talked about that here no Maybe i didn't you know. say that oh no oh, actually oh, it's cool. for time i'm saying that yes uh so, well, you
1: know, so having a boy you
6: pick a name out yet yeah, but I'm not gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah keep don't, that, keep don't, that, don't uh, keep it because
1: people that, back up.
5: Yeah. I had a friend named Jamie who I don't like. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just yeah just keep
6: shut that out I will say yourself. this though, like we're so we're, we're keep talking <laughs> about middle names. Uh huh. So I had this rule with Rachel though that we have with each other: if you say a middle name and you laugh right after, then it's off the table. Okay. Because she comes up with some like, uh, yeah, wild you know, shit. Yeah, some crazy. Um uh that's great dude. Like, what about cinnamon roll? <laughs> like, great, she, right, even right. if she's joking, she'll say some things, she be yeah. like we like something, she'll be like, Well this," you know, and I'll say whatever you know, whatever cinnamon roll griffin, then we just yeah, start yeah, laughing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah.
5: you always gotta think what the kids are gonna bully him the name for. Oh well. That's what I always do. Yeah. Like, what are they gonna bully him for?
6: I mean they're gonna get bullied anyway, you know. Yeah, not but the kids, name's too easy. Not my kids. You you named your sons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you Tiger yeah. In Boston. Tiger And Boston Yeah what are you, a place? Dude, I could, <laughs> yeah. I could roast, man. I could, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he could beat we you up. just dress up as little kids and go yeah. like, oh, it's
2: Tiger. <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. And my seven-year-old can beat up both of yeah. them. I know. right now. Yeah. And he, and that's why I want him to have a little.
6: Like mm. He puts on one of those red, yeah. you know. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like... You, lo- Your dad likes geography. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: you like cereal, bro? Yeah. <laughs> I think the world's all set on Joe's and Bob's and Bills. Yeah, that's why we did it. And then also, their life's too easy. They need a little adversity yeah. so they got those weird names they're either gonna be professional athletes or strippers the, the thing about it is tiger
6: is one of those names that it's like it's 50 50 you know people yeah. are either gonna be like oh wow tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 or they're gonna be like making fun because it's tight right yeah if so he's not like,
0: successful he's gonna be it's gonna be tough
6: no man. but
2: you know what it, it...
0: anyway so you get the point of it right don't you find it fucking hilarious that he had no real good clever comeback for that you know call out from eric and also the first thing he kind of went to in defense was like, "Your kids, my kids will beat you up. Beat you up. That's the first defense from a professional comedian is just to go straight to violence. Kind of, you know, gives you an insight into the guy's brain. But I just love the fact that in his head, he never correlated the idea that Tiger and Boston are pretty odd name for kids. Don't get me wrong, for kids, you know, kind Of cute, maybe over time it'll be cool. Same way, you know, how Steve Martin's kid when they got named Apple, everyone was freaking out, and now suddenly all celebrity names are weird, and everyone's kind of get used to it because now all people, regular people who aren't celebrities, name their kids weird names, so it's not that crazy. And if, if, you, go, if you go to a particular school, maybe there'll be kids with weirder names than that, so it'll kind of level out. But to sit there and say what you're saying about, oh yeah, we we were thinking about kids' name, we had to be very careful about this, kind of insinuating that, you know, you took a lot of time and care to make sure your kid's name wasn't weird. But then you have kids that are called, uh, ones that name this after an animal and one that's named after a state. The fact that the, the is it a state, right? Boston, it is, right? Um, if I'm not mistaken, he has no connection to Boston in the slightest. And if I'm not mistaken, this is me going to be throwing out a narrative here. I have a feeling he named his kid Boston after Joe Rogan. <laughs> it's a city, so it's a city. Boston's a city. Um, where is it in? What's this, What state is it in? Why well, can't I remember this? Michigan? Is it Michigan? No. What state is it in? I don't know what state um, Boston's in. What state is it in? It's in the one where all all like they don't really like white people too much, right? So they don't like black people too much. That's the one. Oh, what's the fucking name? They don't like white people too much. What's that state called? Massachusetts? Is it Massachusetts? There we go. Yeah, they don't like, that's the only thing I know about that state. It's not really friendly to the blacks. <laughs> that's what I heard. If you go to a pub around, because I think there's a lot of Irish immigrants there, right? Which is weird, isn't it? I don't, I, I've never understood that. I've never understood that. The Irish got discriminated against, Right? But then the Irish are also not really fond of blacks either. Odd. I don't know. I guess we will hate each other. doesn't matter. So, long story short, I find it funny. <laughs> I find it funny that most likely he named his fucking kid after Joe Rogan because Rogan's famously from Boston. So I've got a feeling he named the kid after... Because I think his explanation of Boston, the kid's name, was that it's... um. It's what you call it. Uh, it's a place that he does really well in, in terms of business, right? He sold the tickets there or something. Is that true? Or something like that? But I don't think that's true because he always talks about Texas being his number one place. He did his comedy special in Texas throughout the Gringo Pappy. So why not name your kid Austin, right? Or something like that. But he didn't. He named it Boston. And I have a feeling he named the kid Boston because of Rogan. So if you name your kid after Rogan and you name your kid after, fuck, in honor of Rogan, or you name your kid after an animal, you're in no position to kind of pontificate about having kids' names that they might get bullied for because those are the two biggest bullying names anyone could ever have, right? Being named after an animal and being named after fucking, in honour of fucking Joe Rogan. Can you imagine that? I'm sure there's some people out there, some podcast, imagine there's some podcast fans out there because there's those fucking redacks that get tattoos of Rogan's face on their body, right? There must be some people out there who have genuinely named their kids after Rogan. Or after like Joey Diaz or Eddie Bravo, right? Or even like there must be these guys out there that have named their kids after that guy. I'm sure of it, because there's enough redex that are willing to take a a crazy picture of like Rogan looking all crazy and you know whatever maybe with that fucking you know workout face that he has on their leg. Like imagine, there's probably people out there that are fucking called their kids Rogan or Joseph in honor of fucking him. <laughs> can you imagine how redacted that is <laughs> anyway i don't know i find i find this clip fucking hilarious like you know saying what you're saying and not thinking that is fucking hilarious also saying that your kids are gonna beat up people that take the piss out of them is also fucking funny when you know that you gave them those names in the first place you put them in harm's way effectively is fucking obscene but again what can you do man <laughs> what can you do honestly i fucking love this i fucking love this guy he's the best he's legitimately one of my favorite things to kind of observe observe in a human from afar what are you guys saying in the chat um papa's kids are getting bullied because of their parents not their names nah to be fair maybe they don't i don't know maybe those kids not because the names aren't too bad it was just i was just surprised i think he mentioned it in the show TFK when he named these kids what he's named them it's just that he was shocked that people would think they were weird that's the thing that really i couldn't figure out i was like hold on name your kids what you want to ma- name them but why are you surprised that regular people might hear your kids name and think they're weird because not you know i don't i don't know a tiger apart from tiger woods do you i don't know a boston i've never heard of a, someone called boston in my entire life again i'm not in america but you know they sound weird to me it doesn't matter really because they your kids do what you want but it's the fact that he never ever Cont- it never contemplated in his brain that it could ever be seen as weird. Is what makes me fucking laugh so much. I'm like fucking. He lives lives in like a in another universe. <laughs> um, I know a thousand Tysons. I'm Welsh. Okay, he's copying Theo's hairstyle now. Yeah, definitely he's doing that. But then he's not. He's not. He's not confident enough to kind of rock it all the time because he has to have these the fucking, you know, thick boy hats on all the time to promo and shit. Papasquito. <laughs> I think the kids' middle names are Jamaica Plains and <laughs> Neotechnical, hilarious. Uh, Yeah, Rogan Titans are cringe Exactly, Brandon. They're h- horrible. Um, Yeah, exactly. I think Austin would have been a pretty decent name, to be honest. I think, isn't that, yeah, that's Post Malone's name, isn't it? Austin, that's how I remember it from. Uh... <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Okay, cool. Zakifazia. Exactly. He 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 typically refers he typically typically refers to them as T and B. Maybe he knows their silly names. Yeah, I think so. But I think that's also him trying to give them nicknames. I think he's from that generation of people that give themselves nicknames. Like I'm, I think there's there there are people in this world who wear every jersey, who don't have a team. They they support everything, right? They don't have a team. They're like um, they're like that actor that was that was watching football that time. There was this famous actor that was watching a football match and he had like the NFL snapback on. I've never seen somebody wear an NFL snapback. It's just like, that was him just saying, I like football, right? He doesn't support anybody. Weirdo people like that, right? And there's also guys who give themselves nicknames. So I think him calling his kids T and B is like his way to kind of give his kids a nickname by you know what I mean by force. <laughs> it's like, it's so awful. Usually your friends give you nicknames, right? usually and they're usually quite self deprecating because he's done something dumb like they might call you shits because you shit yourself or something. They don't you know what I mean but he he's that person that no I wanna give my kids a cool nickname so T B you know like anyway. Um what can you do? Bless the kids, bless the kids. They did nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong. So um to end we're gonna play Yeah let's let's do some chin stuff. Oh yeah he's got oh man it's gonna bum me out in it. Cool, let's do some chin stuff. Fuck it, let's do some chin stuff. Let's... <laughs> I haven't watched this. Let's do some chin stuff. Let's do some chin stuff. Let's do some chin stuff. Um, let's do this. So, Chin's got a new vlog. I used my parents' first... Why is he bragging about this? Why is he bragging about this? I used my first vacay in seven years to take my parents back to Korea. Why is this a point of... Pride. Why are you happy about this, Chin? You work way too hard to, to be living a life where you only have one vacation in seven years. You know how obscene that is? Do you know how crazy that is that he's the most important person at Fick Boy? Maybe the second most important. I'd say first, personally, because I feel like, you know, Brendan's whatever he is. But let's see, Brendan's still the talent and the host and shit. He's the second most important person in Fick Boy allegedly according to brendan according to him he has shares in fake boy he probably doesn't get like i'm pretty sure like he doesn't get paid enough like he maybe you know it's one of those deals where you get a percentage of the earnings Like it's, i don't know whatever i'm, I'm hoping brendan is going to be that kind of guy where he despite having bad business every other places he does recognize and some people do help him and do and does well by him but usually when people are pieces of shit with business in other places it affects everybody it affects everybody so my gut feeling is that he probably doesn't get paid enough but if he does get paid enough or he gets paid more like over his fucking you know what he's worth whatever or what his averages, then i'll be happy about that too that'll give me a lot of joy but i've got a feeling the way he acts and how he is and stuff i don't know you know what i mean can you imagine him pulling Brennan to one side asking for a raise can you imagine him saying that he feels like he's overworked can you imagine that scenario i don't know but i just wouldn't be celebrating the fact that i had my first vacation in seven years it wouldn't it wouldn't be a point of you know because that would be something that i'd be annoyed about i'd want to fucking make that something i put into my contract that i get a certain amount of vacations because you know you need to stay inspired you know i don't know i don't know if you guys know a lot of editors but i know a couple that i worked with before and every editor that's ever i've ever spoken to who've done editing production shit they fucking hate it right they say it's fucking exhausting work and you need to take a bit of you need to take some breaks here and there to kind of you know get away from the computer just have a bit of a break in terms of lifestyle whatever maybe but it's really difficult to do all the time every single day so the fact that he does that with no stop with no fucking burnout and shit is admirable but also it's kind of clearly being exploited because he, they know they can count on him all the time they know, they, they know that they can count on him, because I'm sure there's probably going to be a clip on this. I'm sure there is. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure there's going to be a section in this video we're going to be watching this vlog where he's going to be working on holiday. So his title is this vlog, my first vacation in seven years, took my parents back to Korea. I'm pretty sure in this vlog, we're going to see a clip of him working remotely in fucking South Korea while he's on holiday with his parents for the first time in seven years. As a brag. That is crazy to me. Right? If you're gonna be working that hard for seven years, you you should be afforded one week of not being able to touch your computer or not being able to look at your emails. You should be allowed that grace. Like that's fucking wild. But anyway, not my business. Let's play the vlog.
8: Let's go to Korea. I'll see you there.
0: This nigga's always drinking alone, isn't it? (laughs) Not that it matters. I drink alone myself a lot, but it's just on video. It's just, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we're already stopping it one second in, but this nigga's always drinking alone. It's just fucking hilarious. this is definitely some this is definitely some asian shit in it guys had a full beverage a whiskey and a beer and a full fucking panda express rice with chicken and shit before a flight wasn't i saying earlier before another pod i was like i'm kind of a fan now of like doing the whole fasting before i fly and then wherever i land especially if it's a european flight just eat when you get there but the the, you know the eating of a burger before just It's just annoying. The sound. It's just too much sometimes. You get on a plane, the pressure inside the plane, the altitude. It could fuck you up a little bit. But this guy's had a full bowl of fucking rice, a beer, and a whiskey before a flight. Fair play. And then he ate on the plane again. guys shit. shit is fucking that's the one part of band that's definitely Asian isn't it he can eat he can fucking chow down food boy he fucking is a human trash trash can for real like he gobbles down food he just had a full meal at the airport a beer and a whiskey and whatever airport food they give you fucking hell he's, he must have blew up that plane toilet <laughs> shit i guess uh brendan's um rubbing off on him, innit? but i think someone uh, who said i think someone said that koreans drink a lot in it right that's part of their culture right that they, they 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 can drink pretty well so probably that makes sense why he's you know necking down the beverages too because god almighty chin
8: Drive to the motherland at least the airport new tattoo ideas
0: you're gonna get new tattoo ideas from artwork you see in an airport
8: we're doing our first ever night on the town in korea
0: wow. 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 don't get me wrong if i was in that fucking market i'd be fucking gobbling it but like wouldn't you want to exchange whatever you ate at the airport and in the plane for just this wouldn't you want to just land there and just go fucking crazy from the beginning of this market all the way into the end that's what i'd do if that was me i would be gobbling up everything in sight from the beginning of this market to the very end that's what i'd be doing i wouldn't be eating a fucking panda express from the fucking airport <laughs> no <laughs> or am i bugging out i don't know i'd want to i'd want to go to korea and fucking soaking all the fucking smells the scents, the noise like oh you know I wanna suck everything in there. Do you know what I
7: mean
8: gobble it all up,
0: bro? Yo, Chin can eat, bro. Chin can fucking eat holy shit he is munching this stuff like it's actually impressive how much this guy can fucking gobble down god almighty bro i'd be shitting out of every orifice in my body he had two meals one before the plane one on the plane then having however many bowls here this guy's got a metabolism and a half bro Wait, so here, wait, what's that text say? My dad was worried my mom wasn't filming correctly. Fair <laughs>
7: Alright,
8: we're back at the crib. And now getting the party started, the after party. Let's go. Just kidding. Good night. Yes, even in Korea, still got to do work. I got
0: to send a bunch of audio numbers to the team. Nah, 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 nah. That's not cool. That's not cool, man. That's not cool. You're out on holiday. you're, You're back to the mother country, to the motherland with your parents. You know, usually something that doesn't happen too often, especially in your adult age, to be able to go on holiday with your parents. You go back home and then you're spending time instead of sleeping, instead of chatting with your parents late at night. You're here on your bed with their i don't know shitty or good wi-fi wherever you got going there working come on man brendan couldn't give you just a couple a week seven days five days to just be with your family and just enjoy your time off because if anything i'd imagine if you're a chin and you're working in that role part of making maybe to stay inspired to stay fucking driven to stay fucking hungry is to have a bit of break have some breaks here and there why can't you just be able to just cotch and chill? Why do you have to be working all the time like this? Especially for the amount of time you put in. Surely seven years of non-stop work should afford you the luxury to just be able to just stop for seven days. I'm not saying, because in my opinion, considering when you consider how far away South Korea is, especially on a flight, I'm assuming it's like a minimum of 10 hours. I'm assuming, even from the States. If that's the case, you're essentially taking a day to fly day and a day to fly back. If that's me and you're going back to home, that's a minimum of a two-week holiday, in my opinion. That's two weeks. If you want to be technical, 14 days. But in my opinion, I think that's two weeks you should be allowed to go home, especially if you live like, you know what I mean, your, your family's in Southeast Asia, your family's in South America, your family's in fucking Africa. You should be afforded the ability to go and hang out with your family, even if you're not going to do two weeks. Maybe give me a week and a half but seven days which makes it five days only in your motherland and then you have to spend some hours during the day fucking working on your laptop and sending stuff remote. like no one gives a fuck what quality the show comes out in what you can get someone to do the work for you for the in between times it's like i don't know i feel like this is really really horrendous and if anything goes to show just how weird the fucking working relationship is at fake boy because in my opinion i think if you're brendan you can fuck over everybody you can if you want to it's not bad it's not good karma clearly but if you want to fuck over bgo because you think he's disposable fair enough if you want to fuck over malik because you don't like him fair enough if you want to fuck over mj because whatever she's not doing enough work whatever if you, wh- whoever you want to fire and fuck over because you think they're disposable and they're replaceable cool even though i don't think that's good a comment a good energy to put out there but cool but one person you shouldn't be fucking over, in my opinion, you should always keep him close to your chest or you as possible and make sure they're okay and make sure they're always happy is someone like a chin. Because he's a one-man machine. He's switching scenes when he's in the studio. He's editing. He's clipping. No, not clipping, but he's, you know, he's uploading shit, like recording, audio, all this, whatever he's doing. He's a one-man machine. So if if anyone should be fucking looked after, it should be him. But, what do I know?
8: This will take quite some time. But uh yeah, I'm gonna try to get as much done as possible before my family heads out. Alright, let's get the day started. i are on our way to see how do we need mom, grandma. <laughs> yeah, everything's complete. We're on our way to a restaurant with the family my dad's side, and uh, it is packed here. I'm guessing it's going to be expensive, which I'm paying for, so let's see how it goes. Beautiful in the front here. We're well, all seated here. I'll show you It's crowd looks like. There's my mom, my homo, my aunt. There's my homo
0: son, Youngju. <laughs> Part of the family as well. All the family members
7: here.
0: remember? Do you remember when Chin was saying that sometimes people think he's white? <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember when Chin was saying that sometimes people think he's like, oh, is it Texan or some shit? Do you remember? <laughs> because he sings country music. Jimbo Chin said that, like, with a straight face, that like he thought people. For- <laughs> this is the fucking sweetest Asian family ever, but they're, as Brendan would say, they're Asian as shit. They look fucking adorable, but there's absolutely nothing Caucasian about these people in the slightest. Do you remember when he said that? He thought people. <laughs> You got a love chin, man. (laughs) (laughs) This
7: is the restaurant we're going to to eat up
0: with my aunt and
8: my husband. It's called Hyeongbukho
0: can you imagine can can you like i don't know i think asian families are a little bit like african families probably right maybe not south maybe south koreans aren't as traditional as other Asians. i'm not really too sure but can you imagine the amount of times people in chin's family have asked them during the trip when you're gonna get married (laughs) when you're gonna have kids can you imagine how many times that's come up in a conversation (laughs) Can you imagine how fucking like exhausting that must have been, like, for him being at this fucking trip? It's like, oh, like and he's the only thing he's fucking married to is fucking what's it called? The only thing he's married to the <laughs> only thing he's married to is Brendan Shaw. And the kid They're probably thinking he's speaking to his girlfriend when he's on the computer all the time, but he's sending back clips. They think he's on Skype with his girlfriend, but he's talking to fucking what's his face who's that fat who's that fat kid George right <laughs> oh man it must be so exhausting like god damn it man like I don't know I don't know I'm fucking <laughs> I'm sad <laughs> I'm so sad I really do <laughs> I feel really sad for Jim this whole entire time with his fam big up one marcos
4: has brendan traveled outside the u.s sometimes i think his bigotry comes out of that
0: has brendan ever tried Hey, big up one marcos thank you for the one i was like what what is that i don't know what ars is but thank you so much regardless i appreciate you my friend let me like this comment has brendan traveled outside the u.s sometimes i think his bigotry yeah for sure for sure i've said it before that i honestly no. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that I'm not gonna say it. I'm gonna say that. fuck it. It's my fucking i say say what the fuck I want. I personally think, I, me, me personally, I personally think, my humble opinion, is that Brendan does have an issue with black people. That's my personal opinion. He may enjoy the the music, he may like the raps, he may like the comedy, he may like the fashions and the sneakers and the bad bitches and shit. But I think Does Brendan actually like black people, like having them as friends or whatever? No, not in the slightest. And I feel like a lot of that has to come with like college days, like something happened in college with football, one of them bagged his girl. I don't know, something happened. So I think if there's one place where he's got bigotry, it's definitely against African Americans. (laughs) I think he's not a fan. That's my only opinion, my only opinion everybody else i think is definitely what you said one michael it's definitely a lack of you know traveling the guy is like um brendan's the kind of person i can imagine who says stuff like i'm sure you guys have it in america specifically you have a lot of it because you have so many different cultures there but there's definitely people in america i think who say phrases like why would i need to go to japan for sushi when we've got great sushi around here right i'm sure those people exist and i think brendan's the same because LA is like a multicultural worldwide city type of thing. Why would I need to go to Mexico when I got great Mexican here? You know what I mean? like It's like all that sort of shit. So I think he's got that kind of level of bigotry. Like there's no need to travel because in his head, America's the best. Or there's no reason to go other places to go see what they're good for. There's no curiosity, And oh, that's the other thing too. He has a real lack of, I think, overall curiosity. He's not really in nothing really. Think about it. Like, everything's just like social media posts and headlines there's no real curiosity to learn things and to go a bit in depth and to whatever it's just that's probably why he's really into fucking this is a really weird take but this is probably why he's into fucking um what's it called? serial killer documentaries and shit I feel like a lot of people in general who like watching again I don't blame you if you do but I feel like a lot of people who watch documentaries like they're fucking history books or like they're reading history books it's a way for you to feel like you're smart. It's a way to help make you feel like you're intellectual. <laughs> you get what I mean? It's like a people that like to watch documentaries and they take them as gospel and shit. It's a strange thing because it makes you feel like you've got an interest, you've got a hobby when you watch four back to back or something. It's like, come on, bro. It's like really, like, it's a documentary. It's it's got a point of view, it's got a bias, it's got a narrative, it's trying to push, it's got an agenda, like, you know what I mean? It comes from a particular viewpoint it's meant to be entertaining. None of this is reality. None of this is actually giving you the real deeper level understanding of what's going on. Maybe it can be a way in, but it's not going to give you everything. So yeah, that's where I'm, that's my thinking of it. But I don't want to go on around about it because if I start talking about it, everyone's going to be upset because I'm going to start saying stuff that's going to make me look a bit, you know. So <laughs> I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> Yeah, you no hey yo. Hey yo. Auntie looking a bit. Hey yo, auntie looking a bit. Not that auntie. That's auntie. Hey yo, Auntie looking a bit. Hey yo, Auntie looking a bit. Hey yo, Auntie, What's going, on, Auntie. What's good? You're yeah, right, Auntie. I'm a bit hungry, Auntie. You got you got you got some noodles sign for man. You got some you know what I mean, auntie? I'm a little bit hungry still. You got any of them dumplings and spring roll things, auntie? What's going on, Auntie? You got some of those you know, you make those you don't know, you make don't Koreans make those chicken wings, auntie? Those like spicy chicken wings, auntie. What's going on, man? No, I'm black, you know I like them chicken, you know that chicken you guys make, man, that crispy one. Crispy like you, you know what I mean, Auntie <laughs> Auntie looking a bit, you know? Little bit, you know what I mean? Korean Angelina Jolie and that with the fucking cheekbones, you know what I mean. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> This is the main no, dish that Hey, yo, objectively, for all my foodies out there, the food here looks fucking banging, no? I'm oh, all oh, my going crazy. The food looks fucking delightful. Korea's a fucking foodies paradise, isn't it? Jesus Christos. Look at how. Cl- look at this is the this cleanliness and this train is how we have it sometimes like um if like the mayor of london or our prime minister has to do like a press run and they have to pretend like they take the train to fucking the house of commons or whatever it may be right Right. Um. They'll usually clean out one particular carriage and have no one there, or they'll place like some disabled guy and a black boy with a basketball and some dude with a white kid with a skateboard. Right. And it'll be the cleanest part of the train. Right. To make it look like they're actually in a real place. But this is what normal trains in Korea look like. Look at that shit. You could drop your sandwich in this shit and pick it up and it's fine. Like, this is spotless. You can actually eat your dinner from this floor. Look at it. Wow, it's shining like even in like 480 p wherever I got this video in. It's literally glistening. <laughs> look at the order, look at everybody orderly sitting down They're like wow. Wow 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 Jen, you wanna make a video? <laughs> yeah, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nah man, this is this is this is kind of cute, I'm not gonna lie. Brendan had this guy working on this type of holiday with you like come on man. Brendan had these like let the guy just chill for a week. No work, please, no emails or nothing. Just let him
7: chill. Yeah.
8: I'm take a look.
7: Thank you very much. There's all the street food honor to try
0: Not right now though. I have to do it. Okay. This makes me furious as well. Didn't he do the first video when he was in Korea? He went to fucking a 7-Eleven. Why didn't he just pick food from here? Why did he have to go to a fucking 7 and get the horror... He got that sausage and an egg. Like... Come on, Chin, bro. This food looks way better than the shit that you got before. Do later. Let's get that. No sauce? Mm. Uh, Deep fried shrimp.
7: Mom, um, that
0: bite's so small. Okay.
7: Good.
8: I go kyopta. So. <laughs> so it's actually not Nina, but it's eating gook yeah. yeah, mash came over. My mom's the toughest one. She doesn't like anything. What the, Oma? What the? Masha?
0: I don't believe you, but okay.
7: What
8: are
0: you saying, auntie? Auntie, what
7: are you
0: saying? What are you saying, aunt? Very rare. I oh, imagine how tasty that is. It's gonna be crispy at the bottom, some burnt bits and shit. That kimchi rice, oh crackling in front of you. Fuck, man. Fuck. Fuck. Just imagine, crispy. Just.
8: It's now Monday night. We just woke up from a nap. My mom says she doesn't sleep during the day, but she slept for a little while at least. And we're heading to a dinner spot with my homo. My homo's back. She's gonna stay with us for the rest of the trip, which is awesome. But for now, we're looking for a spot to eat at because my mom's hungry and my dad's hungry. And I think my homo's hungry too, so.
0: The competition amongst restaurants in Korea must be so fucking fierce, isn't it? Everybody out there fucking eats like crazy there's tons of fucking great places to go to from street vendors to market people to whatever right like holding the walls you really have to be on your shit you really have to be competing at the highest level you have to be competing every single every day super bowl day right <laughs> in the fucking busy districts busy districts of fucking south korea and stuff. every day is the fucking super bowl like you have to be really really going for it because if you slack a little bit and the rumors get out that you don't make your rice a certain way, or this is not good, da 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 You are dead. You are dead.
8: We'll try to find a spot. And you know, I'm gonna try to find a sip there before I start grubbing. So we'll see what we find. This is where I saw them
0: filming last night. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, Brandon. Yeah. Car- is definitely on my list vietnam's on my list and places to go to in asia japan obviously especially tokyo because of my fucking street rare right? fucking roots and stuff and just wanting to spend money and buy loads of shit like i'd love to go to those places of course and also i've seen videos of like guys who live in like the chinese countryside and shit and i've never you know this is a whole different part of china that isn't you know the, the stuff that you're obviously used to seeing like beijing and shit but god almighty mate the chinese countryside looks really fun like farmlands and shit, really rural, the the food is completely different to what I'm obviously used to in terms of the westernized version of what Chinese food is, like that would be great to go somewhere completely out of, you know, completely out of the way, really not overly kind of, you know, gentrified either, not a lot of fucking gringos like myself and shit, that would be sick
8: Yeah, like drama or, t- or movie yeah. Yep, Perfect.
7: Yeah.
8: So, I guess we're going to hit this spot here. Mm-hmm.
0: Poke dishes. Not his swine Those swine so oh, sure. so,
8: this cooked you, <laughs>
0: Coyle <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Chin ain't even gonna pass Chin ain't even gonna pass for burn up because he's agreed. Coyle man, you need to you need to you need to relax. <laughs> you need to relax. You need to relax. Someone told Coyle he's to relax. You need to chill. <laughs> I don't know Oh, I don't know where that got me. But you need to relax. You really do need to relax. Like, you need to relax. He's trying, okay? You need to relax. You need to chill. Oh, most...
7: <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs>
0: Yo, I would eat every single dish I've seen here so far. This fucking food looks fantastic. God almighty, mate. Who said it? Um, Who said this? Um, Iron privilege, double chin. No, that's the thing, though. He doesn't put in any weight, mate. He eats like a fucking... He eats more than Wings of Redemption, but he doesn't seem to put anything on, mate. Like, he's fucking got a fantastic metabolism, so you should be thankful for that, man. He looks fucking fantastic, to be fair. Completely, like, he's he waffles down the food. Like, he doesn't, chin is not shy, bro. He eats, like, this, this guy eats for real. Like, no cap in his wraps. <laughs> I <laughs> 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 mm. might want some other meat in there I might want some other meat in there still hunting mmmmm so. mm
8: did it for the camera.
0: Oh, that's cute, isn't it? Right, get get fucking pampered by your pampered and spoiled by the by the by the famine shit. But then you got to rush back to fucking LA to fucking sort out Fig Boy and get fucking the fire and the kid. Fucking episodes uploaded. Honestly, man, give this guy a fucking break, man. Let him have fourteen days minimum to spend time with his family in fucking South Korea. Come on, man. Jesus Christ.
7: Is San?
0: San. Okay, part two on Sunday. Okay, we don't have one. okay cool so part two on sunday i'll probably stream another one and then do the other part of it but this was actually a good one this actually felt nice this actually was good yeah it's like your chin is taller as fuck compared to his fucking family he, he doesn't seem to have any other people in his family that are as tall as him so or maybe his family are really short and he just looks taller because you know they're just tiny but um anyway regardless this was actually a good one this actually didn't make me feel sad it just made me bummed out that he didn't get more time to spend with his family, but that's his business, I guess. If he's willing to rush back home to fucking sort out fake boy shit, you know, sort of, you know, sort of negotiating more time off, what what can we do? I mean, if he's happy with it, that's he's happy with it. But um, I feel like if you've given seven years of non-stop service, minimal sick days, because I don't remember the last time Ch- oh, Chin's not here because he's sick. I can't remember the last time they even said that, so he never takes sick days. He probably works through them. He probably turned up in the mask when he's got ill and just worked through the thing, did it remotely and shit. So you deserve at least a minimum of 14 days to go spend with your family in fucking South Korea, bro, in my opinion. But hey, if you're OK with it, I'm OK with it. Um, so it is what it is. That was actually a good one. I enjoyed that one for once. It, it didn't bum me out. It didn't make me feel like I should jump out of the nearest window. It didn't make me kind of, you know, whatever. Um, I I left that one with a smile on my face. <laughs> that's what i'm gonna say <laughs> but yeah um big up the chat i appreciate all of you i'm gonna end it there um thank you so much for joining me it's been a pleasure never a chore as per usual um big up everybody in the chat who's hung in there also i appreciate all of you for being there with me let's actually see who's here and give all of you a shout out so big up arian privilege i see Bilal booth brandon brian cloud k20 k20 sorry okay 20 crash of course big up game bread footballer big up jesse black big up coiler big up le potter main big up natasha uh big up uche big up bala big up the one under um big up every single one of you that have joined in i appreciate all of you so make sure if you do enjoy the show you like what you've seen please make sure that you leave me a little smashy likey down belowy that'll be great and well appreciated um and yeah man i'll see you guys again very very soon okay see you all again very soon I appreciate you all for being there hanging in there all of that malarkey and we'll see you soon big up everybody peace out to my friends peace out